After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle cough. Hey, B. I need a lock. I need a lock. Sound effect. Lock of the week, John. Never a doubt. We are recording. We are live. We're live on YouTube. If you're listening to this podcast, we're recording the Sunday night. The Niners game ended seconds ago. Seconds ago. What? What a what a game. <laughs> What a game. Trying to find YouTube to load it to the Twitter. Uh, my heart's racing, guy. My my heart is racing. Uh, did not feel great about that, I'll be honest, coming down the stretch. I, I didn't know if they were going to win. Honestly, thought they were going to lose. Thought they were going to lose. Yeah. Uh, in some ways, they deserved it. In some ways, they didn't. It was weird, man. The whole thing was a... Uh... A, a, an East Coast Fort 125 kick. The, it got dark before the second quarter was over. Uh, it was bizarre, but whatever. Whatever. Playoff I think position. It thro- I think it throws you of off. I, I think what throws us off, CBS, Niner game, afternoon, but not against like the Steelers or the or the Chiefs or the Patriots. So right. you're playing the Bengals, so you keep thinking in your head the Bengals are bad, but then you see their record and you see their players and you're like, actually, they're not bad. Like they are... As they said during uh, either halftime or maybe during the game, Archuleta, who sounds just like John Lynch. If I the think Bengals Archuleta, had, Archuleta's pretty good, by the way. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Keep going. But does his voice sound like John Lynch? Am I crazy? You know, you you mentioned that to me, and I kind of hear it. I kind of hear it. Uh, that the Bengals, if they would have won, because the Ravens lost today, would have been you know in the seating of the playoffs. They would have had a home game. They would have been leading the AFC North. Which, again, most of us talk like the Bengals always suck. I think their fans would say, hey, guys, we've been in the playoffs a lot in the last 15 years. You know, yeah. they're, they're not as bad of a franchise, I think, as the way us coastal elitists view them. No. Marvin Lewis did good things there. They've had an executive of the year. This guy's right? not doing terrible, right? I mean, I watch them. No. I think they're, you know, their special teams coach probably should get fired. But other than that, they got Is some your, offensive uh, guys. You still got CBS on? I turned it off, no, because oh, I didn't okay. want it. What do you got you going be on? Distracted. Uh, my TV's acting funky. I just don't know if it's if it's just me or uh, atmospheric uh, river or uh, what the deal is. But channels cutting in and out doesn't matter. Uh, Joey Biscuits, John. He went for three forty eight, two touchdowns. We looked up with like two minutes left in the Niner game, regular regulation, and I think Garoppolo had like one sixty eight passing. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo ended with almost three hundred yards passing. How did that happen? No. You're like 168 with like two minutes left in the game. Well, game-winning drive that Robbie tricked, right? He had a book, you probably 50 yards there, and then that drive in overtime tricked. was a, what? That that drive in overtime was probably another 60 through the air. So he, you know he just 
I don't want to say he got fake yards because they were winning yards, those two drives, but, you know, pad the stats a little bit. Like, you can't, no. like you can't watch that game and see Joey Biscuits. Joey, as a scout texted me, they're like, God damn, I love Joe Burrow. The guy just fights, and he oh. really does. He's like a, a more buttoned-up version of, of Tony Romo. Because he'll make mistakes, but goddamn, he can make some remarkable plays, and yeah, he's fun. I'm, I'm. It's. Can you imagine how good that would? What would the Niners do to have Joe Burrow on their team? <laughs> I mean, most teams of the league. Yeah. Holy moly. You know that the uh, 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 the famous Chris Farley down by a river, and where he's got the motivational speaker, and he's got the glasses, and he's like, I can't tell, mom and dad, is that Bill Shakespeare? I felt like I can't tell. Is that Joe Montana leading a game-winning drive, or is that Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, it's uh, you better. I, I I would wipe those glasses off because it ain't Joe Montana. Bucks just won an OT walk off TD. Fun? Walk off TD. So they didn't cover the Bills. Our Brady is now. Tom Brady is now. Oh, we got to get talk about the Niners. Brady is 39, now. Think, 39, right? 33 and three all time against the Bills. Oh, I thought it was going to be 39 and two was the record. We'll I think it's 33, guess. but we can. All right, we got we got a lot to talk about, John. As we dive into it, everybody on YouTube, welcome. It's great to see you. We got so much to talk about right now. Hello, if you're on the podcast, hello. Get in the mailbag. Leave us a question on iTunes, five-star review. We appreciate that. We got to promote Shave It or Save It. NoKidHungry.org slash ham. Please go donate. Our goal is $25,000 by the end of December. We had a listener on Friday donate $500, which is incredible. You don't have to donate $500, but if you do, thank you. If you donate five, if you donate 10, if you donate 50, thank you. NoKidHungry.org slash ham. Great cause. Link is in the description. Can we give a shout out to, to a friend of the program, to a, a local small business owner in the Valley, Vincent Recruity, Enzo's Table, E-N-Z-O-S, table.com. Best olive oil in California. You could argue the best in America. They donated Enzo $2,500 to NoKidHungry.org slash ham. So if Whoa. you were looking for Christmas gifts, you go to Enzo'sTable.com and you just go to their gifts. And if you go to the gifts, their yeah. number one seller is the Il Mercado. Incredible Christmas gifts. It's $150, but they have a ton of other gifts ranging from $30, $40 to $150. Oh, All yeah, look at this. Looks good. They will wrap them. Uh, props to Enzo's. Oh, this is beautiful. Uh, it's it's awesome. So I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna order a couple for my own uh, family for Christmas. That's an yeah. Easy this one is great. Vince, thanks, brother man. That is awesome. Vince, you that is so cool. How much did you say? Uh, twenty five hundred dollars. Twenty five hundred bucks, man. That is fantastic. We go way back with him, and uh, we know he's a listener, and he's got an awesome business that he's that has been blowing up over the years. That's fantastic, man. Look at this. The website's beautiful. So many great gift options. Oh my God, this is very great. cool. So we're we're rocking and rolling, baby. All right, uh, that's not even an ad, by the way. That's just somebody who donated, and yeah. so we want to say thank you to that because that's really cool. Uh, the ad is Tito's, of course, and uh, we were getting some DMs and photos from people at the beginning of the day, going, "How much of this will I need today?" And the answer is probably quite a bit, probably quite a bit. But Tito's is the number one vodka in America, John, number one in America, and um, you know, speaking of gathering with loved ones and uh, hanging out. Uh, Tito's is the way to go. Well, we're right around the corner from uh, from Christmas, from obviously the New Year's. Here's what you need to do. When you come to Christmas Eve, when you come to Christmas, when you show up to New Year's, come with a bottle of Tito's and with a big smile on your face and hand that to your whoever's hosting the gathering. If you are hosting it, have a bottle sitting there when everyone shows up. 
People will smile. People will get excited. Uh, and it'll be awesome. You know why? Because number one, Vodka in America, everyone loves it. If you follow them on uh, Instagram, I saw you you reposted something. I realized I wasn't even following Tito's on Instagram. Oh, They're yeah. posting sweet, uh, you know, sweet, like, uh, different cocktails all the time yeah. on that yeah. on, they that, got great on their stuff. page. And they got great recipes, um, holiday recipes. Just go to the website uh, for some festive cocktails to shake up the season. Uh, I was, uh, uh, and, and as you know, there's no better uh, order when you belly up to the bar. Look at this, a Tito's chai cocoa, a Tito's oh. merry mule. There's no doubt that's not delicious. We should uh, we should break one out this week, John, a little yeah. recipe this week. So Tito's handmade vodka. Uh, MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the number one, my bookie, what's up, Marty? MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the number one, where we is back, John. Uh, we had won 11 in a row. We'd lost three in a row. The Niners were the lock of the week, and uh, 500 bucks on that, which takes our uh, our little uh, our little pot up back up near what, probably 3,800. We lost 100 because we bet yeah, a parlay. Like basically almost 36. Okay. MyBookie.ag Ham One. Remember, if you accept the bonus on Ham One, they will uh, uh, well they'll match your deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks. If you accept, you have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw. You can also decline. Either way, Ham One, let them know we sent you. Yep, do it. You want to do any action tomorrow night, Rams uh, Cardinals? We got a Rams plus two and a half in Arizona, over um, under fifty one and a half. Wow, you you want to do Rams plus two and a half? It just feels like the whole world's going to be betting the the Cardinals. Yeah, under I, I like good teams with points. You and I were talking about that earlier. Let's uh, let's table that. So yeah, we can kind of lie. I don't, and, I don't hate that. Yeah. Just maybe maybe just like two hundred fifty dollars just to have a little juice on the game. Some light, kinda, some light, some light. Well, ha- how fun was it having a little juice on the Monday night game last week? Now, granted, the so game good. was big, but it was. I felt like this is like just as important as any other game I've watched all season. I know. Uh, it did. It, it got me very mad at the Bills last week, and then it got me mad. I was still uh, residually mad at the Bills this week, even though I had no skin in that game because our parlay was already dead. Yeah, but I feel we right. had a fourteen parlay that actually had a better shot at hitting than we thought. All right, uh, mybookie.ag promo code ham one. So maybe by the end of the show, we'll update whether or not we're uh, taking the Rams plus two and a half. But I don't hate that, John. I'm in. Okay, if you're in, let's do it. I like it. I don't hate it. Let's. I won't overthink it. Just do it. Good team it. on the road. Let's do it. There you go. All right, Niners Bengals. Where do we begin here? They won. We can start with that, I guess. They won. Well, y- y- you said something, and we'll, I guess we'll probably talk a little bit more about this guy individually a little bit later. But within a couple, maybe it was a couple weeks ago, maybe it was even longer than that. But when it was clear, like Ayuk wasn't just back in the rotation, but he was playing well. Like the Niners deserve credit for handling that way, the handling that situation. A little, I would say, unorthodox in 2021. You know. I don't want to say the NFL is the NBA as a player's league, but they got, I mean, he had a walk-off touchdown today. They just had a walk-off touchdown in overtime on the road against a team that, again, we view the Bengals different than they actually are until you watch them and realize, God, this team's pretty good. Like, that's a, that's a good win, beating the Bengals on the road. They're 7-6 and six now. I mean, I, I still, the Bengals are going to get to nine wins. Like, that's a probably a fringe playoff team. And Ayuk was excellent today. And, he, again, he had a walk-off touchdown. Like that's a pretty big deal in the NFL to have a walk off touchdown. Yeah, you know. So I, I I give them you know credit for just having him. Like they they would not have. We'll talk. Obviously they did the whole crew of guys, but he was huge for them. He was, and I and I think it's it goes back to kind of what you well. He's not. He makes consistently difficult big plays. Consistently difficult big plays. He just does. Very good contested he's, catch player for sure. Yeah. 
he just has become for a guy that it seemed like was inconsistent. Now he's really consistent, you know? And I think one thing that's consistent with the Niners all year through everything is that it's going to be a roller coaster when the ball's in the air. And, um, you know, that right now, because of just their lack of depth at running back, you know, I think when we made the Niners our lock of the week this week, we did not expect Debo Samuel to play, right? No, not at all. Um, and, and we've just seen because of their lack of consistency right now running back, they don't have a ton there. I mean, Jeff Wilson got 13 carries. Debo got eight. All right. Um, I thought Jeff Wilson was actually pretty good today. Like, I just thought he yeah. was, you know, had just a solid showing for a backup running back. He was, but they weren't going to win the game just on running the football against the Bengals. No. I mean, again, I mean, like, they they only scored 26 points. Obviously, six of them were in overtime. Debo Samuel accounted. Like, his one touchdown was massive. Because, again, his one touchdown is not, you know, on the two-yard line, they gave it to him on the end of the round. It was a 27-yard down the sideline where it's like, how's he staying bounds? And he just walks right in the end zone. Like, they, they probably... It's probably under fifty percent chance they score on that drive because, as we saw all game long, like they struggle to score touchdowns. It typically takes a remarkable play by one of their skill guys, and they're when Debo's healthy, they have the you know advantage for the wrong. They just have the luxury of just being able to literally line him up in the backfield, to hand him the ball. Like the, the <laughs> Bengals, I guess the Bengals have Joe Mixon, so they can just do that, but they don't do that to Jamar Chase. Can we talk about? The let's just rattle through some other things from this game before we like die really zero in on some conversations. The pick six that wasn't alternate universe walk off touchdown at the end of regulation when the Niners are driving for Robbie Gold to miss a game winning field goal and a Bengals. Do you think should have been was that going to be a pick six to end regulation for the Bengals? It would have taken a pretty remarkable play by Kittle, who was flat footed to probably like catch him in the open field. It would have been. I would say 68, 70% he's in the end zone, yeah. If I'm if I'm in the Bengals locker room, if I'm uh it was Bates, I think. Oh, uh Jesse, Jesse Bates? Yeah. All I like for the rest of the night. That's all I'm going to just right there in my hands. Well, a little a little inside the podcast, we already had another topic like Trey Lance should start against Atlanta if they lose that game. So it's yeah, like That's right. The we alternate universe in football is especially the way the Niners play these games is a caught ball by a defender is a missed field goal is a Jimmy Garoppolo fumble, right? I mean, their their margins for it. The 49ers margin for error right now is zero. They have none, right? There, there's no lead safe enough. Okay. They, they were up 14 points five minutes into the fourth quarter. It's like no, in, in full control of the game, but they're never in full control of the game. So you never feel comfortable like, oh, they can score in two plays because they can't. You just hit a deep ball. The Niners benefit every time you run the football against them, right? And, well, that's what we kept thinking on when the Bengals ran it back-to-back plays. They ran it on second down. No. They ran it on first and second down in and overtime. And down. Yeah. They led to the field goal. It's insane. Insane. And, like, guys, what, what are you doing? Like, thank you, but what well, are you, you doing? Three wide receivers who every time you throw it to them are wide open. I mean, Higgins and Boyd across the middle, it's like, hey, there's T. Higgins right across the middle. Where's the Niner defender? Well, not 15 yards radius anywhere close. It's like, why don't you just keep running that play? They I, overthought themselves a little bit. They did. They did. And I, at the end, what did they set up? A third and four, I think is what it was. But still, yeah. I mean, it's just when you run. Coach, when they ha- coach hasn't ball, been in these games. No, you know? they haven't been in these games. 
The Bengals just haven't been like. I think one thing is clear with them is they're going to be. But in I mean big specifically games. him as a play caller, like that just feels a little inexperienced, right? right. It's like you have something that's working here. Like I, I'm not against giving it to P Ryan or Joe Mixon, the little Lincoln Riley Oklahoma Bob Stoops combination, but the the Niners cannot cover you. They they, they can't. Now they can sure celebrate the hell out of a drop or an overthrow because they no one can celebrate better than the 49ers on when you screw up a pass attempt. I never understand corners where it's like the ball's out of bounds. It was only first and 10. They are, they are targeting you like a deer out in the open and they're going to come right at you the next play. You really going to celebrate like the, like that's it. Like that's all it's, it's all fiend. It's over. Like, no, it's about to, it's, it's coming again on the next play, but sure. That was all you. Yeah. Yeah. The ball was five yards out of bounds, but that was you. And today was a good example, big picture, where it's like, listen, Ambry Thomas, hopefully he's okay. He was down at the end of the game, but gave up some massive plays. I do think fans, the consumer, can live. It's like, well, he's getting smoked. Well, yeah, I've been watching older guys that are not going to be on the team. You just draft this guy in the third round, like live and die with him. Like we did it with Akella Weatherspoon for a couple years, and then you realize he's just not good enough. But it's corners hard enough. This is where I go back to, like, if you just would have played him all season, maybe we just would come away at the end of the year. He's the worst player on the team. Maybe he would just get better. But now, one thing Archuleta said, and listen, these guys are just reiterating what they're being told in these meetings. Like, they really need these guys to step up. Well, yeah, because they're desperate. Where were they in terms of developing these guys and giving them a chance to rep in earlier in the season against shittier opponents? It's like, hey, Ambry, first start. Uh, part of it is just injuries. Second, it's Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Both guys, uh, one guy sat out the year and he went five overall. The other guy was the number one overall pick and led arguably the greatest college team ever and made the Bengals respectable. Good luck, kid. It's like, I just, I, I, I can't get behind the development of their defensive backs this year. You know, when, when, when ultimately the thing with corners, probably a little bit like, uh, I would say running backs in a lot of teams, right? Just naturally guys end up playing where, why didn't you just play some of these young guys, even if it was just in rotational situations? I understand with the quarterback. Well, I disagree. You know, I, I understand. I disagree in terms of, like, not, you know, infusing him in. But I do understand what he's saying. Like, I don't know what's coming. He's not lying. But with DBs, you can rotate however you want, right? Like, if you wanted to be like, hey, Josh, you come off every other series. Like, it's like, okay, whatever. Wide receivers do it. Debo and all right, you can you can transition however you want. And they've they've shit the bed a little bit on that situation to put a kid in a tough spot. Uh I agree to a point, but then I disagree strongly on one point part of that, which is I'm with you. They have not developed these two corners who they need, Ambry Thomas and Diameter Lenore. But I also don't think being in a game and looking bad in a game is proof that you should have played earlier because if that's what you look like in practice the conclusion shouldn't be, well, he's getting burned in practice. Let's put him in more games to help but, him but develop the, in But games. the other guys are getting smoked too, guy. To, I, I get it. Like, I get it. But I. But at the end of the day, like, they're all practicing together. They want these guys, they want Diamond or Lenore and Ambry Thomas badly to be contributors. I would think they would give them, I'm not going to say the benefit of the doubt, but they would love for them to be on. They would love for these guys to be on the field. I do think the way they handled IU buys them a little bit of, uh, leeway here at understanding that maybe these guys haven't earned the right to play. Like Pratt, you you get your playing time, but, but it goes back to all their DBs. Beside like Mosley, who's just in and out of the lineup with injuries, are getting smoked. So like, why is yeah, Norman on scholarship? Well, I, that's you know, just that's just my question. 
Yeah, Norman's at least, I think, trustworthy probably to them. We know what you're getting out of him. He's going to get burned. He's going to miss some tackles, but he forces fumbles, whatever. I'm not a big fan, but I think he's better than Ambry Thomas. Yeah, I mean, Ambry Thomas was getting spun like a dreidel all day today. So scored. I guess my point is, in conclusion, you and I reached the same conclusion. It is on them that they haven't they either misidentified him or haven't developed him. I wouldn't just give him playing time if he looks bad in practice. Right. No, no, no. But my, my point is when you already have a bunch of question marks at that yeah, position, I hear guys, I'm like saying you can like, just infiltrate them in throughout the season and just give them certain situations. Maybe. I'm just saying I think it's reasonable to watch him and go, the other guys that look bad in games look better than him in practices. It's been pretty bad all the way around. for. The I game. know. But, I mean, he got, he got burned so bad on that chase play. And, again, chase is good that he couldn't even get close enough to commit. He tried to commit an intentional pass interference on the game-tying touchdown, and he was so far behind he couldn't do that. What about the other play that he gave up where Joe Burrow looked like Tony Romo and Jamar Chase just kind of ran? And just I thought that was Hufunga who got lost there on the end and back Him line. too, but, I mean, Chase was on him to begin That's with. That's a tough play. Like, like yeah. I mean, that one is like scramble drill. It's hard. Like, I don't know how long you can cover. Um, Sometimes you got to tip your hat to the offense, right? I mean, there's two yeah. guys making remarkable plays that, I mean, they they made Ed Ogeron a millionaire, right? Uh, Max, let's, let's just get a couple comments here, John, on the stream. People reacting. Max says Jimmy Garoppolo was good at the end. Agree? Well, he did throw the pick six. They got dropped, you know, at the end of regulation. Uh, the well, final drive, he was, the final drive he was good. The he one got him play in field that got him into field. Yeah, was that a good throw or just an incredible catch? An incredible. The Kittle catch was more incredible catch than good throw. Put it only where he can catch it, John. <laughs> yeah. But I give Kittle catch on that. But, you know, I thought there were times where Jimmy threw into traffic in tough spots and completed the ball, both to both to Ayuk. And it was a trust your stars kind of game. Ayuk and Kittle and Debo. Uh Juwan Jennings. I remember you and I did a video when Juwan Jennings was drafted. And for a year at the time we said, yeah, we don't he's not going to contribute right away. He didn't. But it was clear they liked him, developed him, whatever. I don't know who specifically gets the credit. He he is uh, what game was it? The Seahawks, the first Seahawks game. Well, there was a game early in the year. No, I think it was a win where that he was in a lot, didn't get any targets, but was blocking and blocking and blocking. I mean, uh, Juwan Jennings deserves a major tip of the cap because he has earned his playing time based on his blocking first and foremost. And he's actually become a guy who's made some big plays for them receiving. And, uh, you know, again, I don't know specifically who gets all the credit, but it starts with him. He gets a ton of credit because he earned his way on. I call him Crabtree. Yeah, it looks like Crabtree. A little bit bit bigger version of Crabtree. Looks like him a lot. Yeah, I Crabtree Crabtree Jr. Crabtree, as we looked at his college numbers over the weekend, because you pulled up Devontae Adams' college numbers over the weekend, Crabtree's college numbers over the weekend were just stupid. I mean. They were basically identical, the two of them. Yeah, and Crabtree won the Blitnikoff. I did. I had looked at Crabtree's a couple days ago, and when you posted Devontae's on Friday, I was like, God damn, I think those are as good as Crabtree's numbers when he was by far the best receiver in college football. I mean, dominant. And they Devon, were almost Devon, identical. Devontae got, I think, kind of screwed because he they he wasn't a power five guy. Because if you put if you did that at Washington or Texas, no way Devontae Adams goes in the first round. Right? Yeah. No, okay, he had two hundred and thirty three catches in two though. years and th- and thirty eight touchdowns. Thirty eight. Twenty four his sophomore year. You say the same thing about Derek Carr at that time. Not we'll get off track here, but um, didn't Crabtree have like a crazy game-winning touchdown against Texas or something like that? Yeah, he held the ball out. Remember? Yeah, yeah. So he had his yeah. his Blitnikoff moment 
Um, Crabtree was sweet. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm a Crabtree fan, and when Same. I say that, it's it's not a shit talking. I always like Michael Crabtree, uh, and I like that number fifteen. Just kind of works on wide receivers. I David like a says, odd number on my wide receiver. David uh, David C on the stream says this was a battle of who could do enough not to lose. They both wanted to beat themselves. <laughs> the Niners were definitely getting some football gods throwing them some bones. They had a muffed punt twice in the first half, and they well, they stepped up, John. Their special teams really <laughs> stepped up. They recovered a couple muff punts. They had a missed field goal. They, Jamar Chase, he had some drops early in the game. You're like, oh, I see. I, you know, the drops have been an issue First for him. First drive, he had a big third down. Drive. Now, you also see enough where you're like, yeah, I'd live with the drops. <laughs> you know? Because he had two drops, but guy, he also had uh, five for 77 and two sweet touchdowns. Are you are you counting the drop touchdown, quote-unquote, as a drop? I'm counting, what was the drop touchdown? Oh, the ball that uh, hit the ground? I, uh, yeah, it's kind of unfair, huh? That's a that's a really tough catch. I I would probably not, but I bet he would tell you I'm a Pro Bowl level guy. I gotta make like I'm a number five overall pick. I gotta make that catch. But yeah. you're right. That's that's a hard. That's a difficult catch. But I I think you can see he's not always. And he, I I read some quotes that he had this week. He's like sometimes I double catch. I just got to get better. Like he mm. just. I think he's still fighting it for a guy that clearly, if that goes away, like if he just, in the next couple of years, or drops on an issue, you're looking at a, a star player. Yeah. I mean, he already borderline He's is, just, un- I mean, he's just terrifying. When Fred Warner yelled tails and it was heads, and Fred went back, if you didn't see the coin toss, I tweeted the video, Fred Warner, it looked like, felt like they had just lost the football game when they lost the coin toss. I could, in his mind, he's like, ah, shit, 20's about to get nine throws his direction. He backed away. I've never seen. He walked away. The ref's like, "Hey, hey, hey what side do you want to defend, man?" Fred was gone. He thought they he just was lost rat- the game. He was he was he was rattled. <laughs> but but here's the thing because like, because of Chase is my point. Anti Higgins and Higgins. I mean, you're looking at two guys that accounted for ten touchdowns. You know, a hundred and you know, basically two hundred yards, a couple touchdowns, and Burrow. Like that's you're looking at the number one overall pick, a, the number one pick in the second round in Higgins, the number five overall pick. Like, you're facing three blue chip. I mean, Chase and Burrow truly are. I think Higgins is becoming, like, he's going to be, a, he's got to be right now one of the better number two wide receivers in the league. Like, you just watch him. He's big. He's fluid. Like, that's just, you're, you're playing two good, like, that's a really good offense. Mixon's a stud uh, that, Who's a guy? I mean, who's been making plays Uzama? since that Thursday night game? He's fucking pretty good. Yeah, I, Boyd's not bad. Like, you, that's a real team. You know, that's that's a real balanced like offensive firepower that the Niners were just holding on for dear life. That this goes back to what I'm saying about Ambry Thomas. It's a very difficult spot. And again, the reason he started was because Mosley, you know, has a high ankle sprain. But that's a that's a tough spot to come in as a rookie corner in December and you've never started a game. Yeah. Is regardless how it got there, I'm just, I'm giving him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Like that's just giving him some grace, John. Well, hasn't chase. And these guys been lighting every dude they've been playing. Like they, they lit up Marlon Humphrey, you know, they, they've attacked good DBs. Yeah. I didn't, I honestly, it's crazy for, uh, maybe we disagree with some people. I, I didn't watch Ambry Thomas and think like, this guy just can't play given who they played. Like next week, Atlanta, put him back out there. Oh, I'm yeah. with you well, on they that. Don't, they, they don't have a choice, really. Yeah. Do they? No. <laughs> but they this is what I'm saying. So, like, Atlanta is a much easier test next week than these guys, even though, as we'll get into it, like, I, for whatever reason, when the Niners play the Falcons, 
it's, that game feel always feels tight. You and I went to the stick game when the Niners were good and the Falcons were terrible, barely beat them. This year, the Niners, I would imagine, are going to be a five, six-point favorite going into that game. I, I will not bet the Niners minus six. I can already tell you that. If that's the number, six or higher, I ain't touching that. Well, here's what's happened consistently, and we I had someone tweet at me today like, why is this your lock? I'm like, in the third quarter, I was like, well, what do you mean? Why, why is it not my lock? Our lock. Um, the Niners do this where it, uh, the Lions game was a warning on how to start the year, how some of these games are going to look, where sometimes they don't score touchdowns late in the second half, not late, just in the second half, games that they should pull away that you think are – 14-point games that should become 28-point games just stay 14-point games or 13-point games or a missed extra point or a missed field goal. So, uh, I mean, they're better than Atlanta, but it feels like – here's the one thing. Atlanta's had plenty of practice uh, defending wide receivers that are running backs because that's what Cordero does. That's Facts. all really, you know. Well, I mean, Al Shire hurt his elbow, they immediately say questionable, which clearly, I mean, I think most NFL teams, when a guy has an injury that's not like an ACL, they say questionable, right? That's not like your season's over. Within 20 minutes, they called him out. That's something to keep an eye on. Like, he had, I think, 11 tackles when he went out. Like, led he was... Still led the team fucking, for the game. He is a tackling machine. So when him and Fred are on the field together... Their team speed at linebacker is pretty good. So even when they miss tackles, like the one thing I noticed today... And this goes back to the Bengals. They have really good skill guys. Like they have guys that just make guys miss in open space. Like I, I don't get that mad if T. Higgins or Jamar Chase or Joe Mixon make you miss. Like they make everyone miss. But those guys are there fast. So, and Al Shire has become, you know, I'd have to get like into the weeds and text some people like that are really banging the tape. But he, I think he's had a better season this year than Fred Warner. So, but even Fred, if even if he's not having the best season, he's still damn good. So you get the both of them on the field. That's just. That's a lot of tackling power between those two guys. Yeah, I I mean they they both had a shot at the pick that turned into the uh uh Jamar Chase first down play late in the game regulation. But he's everywhere. 51's everywhere. He's a good player. So you just got to pray that it's not like uh whenever the team does out, that's usually not like, yeah, it's just it's just a little nick and bruise. Like that's yeah. Could be the season, right? Did, what did they do when Debo was out? Did they go they questionable? Do, did they yeah, they, out? Go, they went questionable. Um, here, uh, what's his name? They went out was uh, McGlinchey. Yeah, he had the thing with this. You know, they just go out. You're like, oh, that ain't good. Iraq Village says, "Do you think we got good Jimmy or bad Jimmy Garoppolo today?" I think you got good plus Jimmy. I mean, in winning time, like let's pull up overtime here. Kittle for eight yards. Then they get the false start on Kittle. Okay. Garoppolo then hits Juwan Jennings for 25. Then he hits Kittle for 21. Then, you know, the dump down to Hasty. How then many Debo yards? Debo carry. Hasty? Yeah. Three. Okay. Then Debo uh, carry for two. Are you doing math over there? Mm-hmm. You want me to start back up? No, I got you. I wrote it down. Uh, then Garoppolo to Kittle for nine. He gets 11 yards on the Ayuk play. I mean, which he actually should. I mean, it was a throw. But, I mean, it's a, designed a little differently. But, you know. How, how many yards was the Ayuk touchdown? 11. So he was 6 of 6 for 77 yards on that play, on that drive. You can't ask for anything That's more. good Jimmy. I mean, it's like, you know, that's Jimmy is actually the better way to put it. This is why I say, like, we go back and forth on him all the time. 
he can win you games. He can lose you games. He can almost throw a pick six. He can throw a touchdown. The thing that you the, – the, there's really one thing that you never get from Garoppolo, and that's hitting deep balls. That's it. And we saw it again today. Like, should Travis Benjamin have caught the ball? Yes. Was it a 61-yard – the ball had a hang time of 3.38 seconds. I timed it at 61 yards down the field, the ball that Benjamin had to come back to. Um, it happened like – 10 minutes after Justin Herbert threw his touchdown throw. Uh, so Garoppolo's went 61 yards in 3.38 seconds. Herbert's went 63 yards, two yards further in 3.03 seconds. So three seconds, three tenths of a second faster, which doesn't sound like much, but it's the difference between a completion and incompletion. And it's not a new shocker. We know he doesn't have Justin Herbert's arm. You remember Raul Mondesi? Yeah. Right, right fielder for the Dodgers. Yeah. Did he have a cannon? He had a cannon tattooed on his arm. And I was just thinking, like, you know, I would say Ankeel. There, there have been several guys that just in the outfielder, the A's guy, is it uh, not Lazardo, Larinato, whatever their outfielder that throws fucking hoses from the yeah. outfielder, the little guy. Ichiro, I'd say. Yeah, you can just throw like balls on a rope, even if it's like even Herbert's today goes high, but it was, it, it had a lot of power behind it. It felt like Jimmy was Coco Crisp in the outfield, put his entire body on the ball, and it still barely got there, and it just hung and hung and hung and hung. Is it his fault that he didn't catch it? Of course not. They doubt will play to Travis Benjamin. But his arm is just, you know, pretty weak. But again, that's not even – that's not – like my point is, and when I bring that up, that's a great point. It does – Herbert does throw like a baseball player. He was – Herbert was a pitcher. Uh, it, Herbert's deep ball. You know who, whose deep ball it looks like, actually, with more consistent accuracy is Kaepernick's. Just, just it's a long ball. You know what I mean? Like it just cuts. Guy, he was moving, stopped, and the guy never broke stride. That has to be the best throw of the season so far, right? I mean, I, I would guess out, if we stopped. collected if we collected the ten best throws of the season, there'd be another or Herbert throw or two in there. It was sweet. He's a badass. Yeah. Uh, Mondesi, Moose says Mondesi is in jail in the Dominican Republic right now. He was a corrupt mayor and took money. LOL. He, he was Damn. a little ahead. You know, before his time, he would have been. But that prison so league baseball money. team, John, he's betting cleanup. The one thing, you know, the Trey Lance conversation that we would have done if they lost, which would have been, uh, I think, valid. Where I do, where I would defend Kyle's pushback to everyone that would want to see him in a tight game. Like, let's say Trey had been in the second half, or really just the fourth quarter as the game got tight and you had to make big throws. The one thing Jimmy has that I just would not have faith that he has, his knowledge of the the playbook that allows Kyle to call every play, and whether the ball's in the right spot or not in terms of he gets it out fast enough, the, the trajectory on the ball, he knows where he's supposed to go with the ball, given the play and given their coverage. And I do think in this, like today, you know, I don't know if you w- win this game, Trey, tie game, fourth quarter, right, overtime. Like, I would not have any confidence. It's unfair, right? It's Ambry Thomas level. It's no, like I you mean, never part, we, this out. Yeah, t- part of talking about Trey Lance, which is not a big conversation today, like you said, because they won, but it's all, you know, that conversation is not 100%. Trey Lance is better than Jimmy. You'll win more games with him. It's Part of that conversation is about player development. It's never been Trey Lance is way better than Jimmy Garoppolo. It's never what it's been. It's it's about that and balancing 
okay, you better win games this year or else you're going to not win games and not develop your quarterback, and that's bad. I actually think you're going to need a little bit to totally justify it because next year starting from scratch. I mean, you had a game and a, and a half. Yeah. And it's it's hard to even count the half because he kind of got thrown in without knowing it was coming. Uh, is that, you know, people would like to see having like an upset playoff win to be like, okay, it was all worth it. Like you just... Remember the Bears made the playoffs last year, guy against the Saints, and they lost by like thirty, and everyone's like, "What's the point of this?" Yeah, I agree. You can't if it the week the Niners make the playoffs, if that's what they do, it'll all feel worth it. The second they play a wild card game and are one and done, and then turn the page, you'll go, "Wait, what? That all of that was for that?" So, uh, Dante Johnson, by the way, who was not with the team. Kyle Shanahan said he was not with the team member. People said personal issue. His mother died because of a heart attack. So that's why he was not with the team. That's terrible. Uh, you know, that's why Ambry Thomas was um, starting a quarterback. That is, that's very yeah. terrible. Um, Jeez. But yeah, I don't, sorry. I, you, that's, that's just the news. That is the news. There's no way to, yeah. to, to softly. Uh, but I mean, he was, all these guys are dropping like flies. Like he was just clearly they were going to have to, he was going to play, right? I mean, if Deontay Johnson plays in this game and gets hurt on the first play, like he's coming in, you know what I mean? He was right. He was, he was, they, they were active. at the point now where he was, you know, in the mix. Right. He what hell he was last week. Um. All right. So look, look at this. Debo, eight carries, 37 yards in the game, or it might've been 36. He had one catch for one yard in the game. Uh, Ayuk. Six for 62 and a game-winning touchdown. Kittle, 13 for 151 and a touchdown. Those three guys accounted for 72% of the 49ers' offense. You got some yards from Jeff Wilson. You got some big yards from Jennings. You got a few yards from Juszczyk and Hasty. But the big three on offense, Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, 72% of the offense. It's funny, you know, really... Jeff Wilson had more yardage than than Debo Samuel did, but Debo scored that huge touchdown. On defense, Nick Bosa, two sacks, two hurries, two TFLs. I don't know what the final like grade will be, play after play after play, but he disrupted every play, it felt like. I think watching him today, it kind of hit me. I think one of the most remarkable things about Nick Bosa is that it looks like he never gets tired. He is as impactful in the fourth quarter as he is in the first quarter, and actually he might be more impactful in the fourth quarter than he is in the first quarter because he's going at the same speed that he was when the game started, and the offensive linemen who've been trying to block him all night can't possibly be. I think Khalil Mack had like a two-year stretch where his effort level, like consistently play in, play out, was as good as it gets. I think J.J. Watt had like a probably a three-year stretch because it's just hard. I mean, eventually you get injured. You just kind of got to save yourself. Bosa's having, you know, a season where his motor consistently, every game, all game, every snap, every rep, is just at a 10. And really, guy, if you remember, there was a hands of the face that he got a sack. I mean, he would have had more. He would have had another sack. They got on Ambry Thomas. On Ambry Thomas, which yeah. I, I think, you know, the hands of the face, that play call or that penalty is a little uh, ticky tack, but I get it. Letter of the law. I just forwarded you something in your DMs about George Kittle. It is a remarkable stat. He is the this is the fourth time in his career that he has had 150 yards and a touchdown. That was that broke a tie with Shannon Sharp for the most by a tight end in NFL history. So 150 yards 
receiving in a game and a touchdown. Like you, I think we think of it because all these tight ends are like wide receiver. It doesn't happen that often. Like the Kelseys, the Gronks, like th- this guy in his last two games, you know, against Seattle in the loss, he was nine for 81. And then today he was 13 for 150. Like these, these numbers are not normal for tight ends, right? Because even Kelsey in the peak of his powers when he's averaging 10 ca- catches, probably a little less than that, I guess, for 16 games, but seven, eight catches a game. A lot of his work, like, is within 20 yards of the line. Like, Kittle is, they run him on go routes. You know, part of what Kelsey has that Kittle doesn't is, like, Kelsey has his teammate is one of the greatest deep threats. So, like, that's where they balance out. Kittle sometimes is used to stretch the defense, right? Run him down the seam. They run him on deep flag routes toward, the, uh, toward like, the corner of the end zone or definitely just the corner, uh, you know, of the, uh, of the sideline. But he's running longer breaking routes, right? And even think it's kind of crazy that Gronk's not on this list. But as a tight end, it's difficult to get 150 yards. That's that's pretty crazy. It shows you what a great player Shannon Sharp was in the peak of his powers. That's an incredible stat. I, I think really you go is. back to uh, the Seattle game where he had the game that they needed him to have. Right, nine for 181, two touchdowns. So he said. What did we just say? He said four in his career. Yeah, it's it's a it's his tight end record now. Four, yeah. you know, four it's, games the most for any tight end with 150 yards and a touchdown. John, in the it's, game. it's the second in as many weeks. Shannon <laughs> Sharp know. had the lead, was ahead of Kittle two weeks ago. I know he caught so him. Kittle's had two in two weeks. Is he <laughs> yeah, is he going to have another one in this week against Atlanta? I mean, he's liable to do it at any moment. Is he going to go three straight? Three. I mean, has anyone ever done that? I can't imagine. Yes, if the record's four. Well, I think what's crazy Tony about Gonz- George Tony Gonzalez never did this. I know. Well, because again, guys, they, they're not they're not running as far like Jimmy maybe, but Tony Gonzalez is not running as far down the field as you think. Well, I'm just saying, like there are guys. My point is, there are receiving first tight ends who haven't done this. This guy is this guy blocks. This guy does everything, and he still produces like he's playing just for Sean Payton, and he's split out, and he's trying to convince the arbitrator he's a receiver. I don't want to say he was having a down season because he got banged up. The quarterback situation was a disaster. But he has 57 catches on the season. He has 22 the last two weeks. So he's going to end up with a you know a 75-catch season. But at one moment, you're like, is, is Kittle only going to have like 40 catches? This is what makes him a truly unstoppable player. And I think Debo's going to fall into the same category because his receiving stats are not going to look as good as they should. But they've used him as a running back the last like three or four weeks, right? So it's like, he was fine. He was accumulating yards. You had to watch, like if you just came back and hovered on the Niners, on their skill guys, and just looked at Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle, and just looked at their stats, they're not going to lead the league in anything, like those three guys. But if you've watched, especially the second half of the season, as they've clawed their way back, they have been remarkable. And they had to be today with on a field with star players. Like Joe Burrow is going to get $150 million one day. Jamar Chase is a star wide receiver into his rookie season. T. Higgins, I don't think you can ask for anything more out of a second round pick, right? He's been awesome for them. What they've what they've like teams would die if they T. Higgins second round, like that's awesome. That's that's a fantastic draft pick. Joe Mixon is on a big contract. Like they got studs. And the Niners studs were better. Trey Hendrickson too, I would say. I mean stud. And he got what he got knocked out of the game. Yeah. I didn't yeah, the guy's fucking pretty big and good. <laughs> Walked off on his own power. But you saw in the first series of the game, he got a sack on that first third down. 
Yeah, and I think did they call him also for a hold? Like Trent got called on a holding, which is a little ticky tack on him. Like that guy's good. That guy's eight straight games with a sack. That guy. So you, you're playing a wow. team with. I mean, he was an all I pro say, last year. An all pro might have been the so most non unnamed all pro in the NFL in 2020. That, that's my point. You were playing a team with. I I just think us coastal elites. You, we just not watch that many Bengal games. But you I don't know, think anyone went done. into this game thinking they sucked. No, I know, but I don't think we quite. You and I did, but just a casual fan, which understandable. I'm not even talking shit. They have star power, and the Niners' star power didn't match them. They overcame them. They had to. Like, the, yeah. the, the Falcons next week don't have that level of star power. Like, this was... Well, if I said... kept coming. Yeah, if, I, if you said to me, why did the Niners win this game? I'd say they're stars plus, and you pointed this out while we were watching the game. The Niners' defensive line is pretty... It, it starts with Nick Bosa. But it doesn't end with Nick Bosa. Like, they are a relentless defensive line, and maybe part of it is it feels like Bosa plays every snap, and then there's nine other guys that are rotating and making a bunch of plays for them at different points. In every game, one of their guys makes a bunch of plays for them. And it feels like it's been different every week. DJ Jones made a couple of big plays. I know they lost the Seattle game. But DJ Jones makes big plays. It's just Amini who made a, uh, made a big play day on that pass deflection. They just – I mean – not Ebu, sure Ebu, Ebu Cam did anything, had, but the other guys did. Yeah, Ebu Cam had two quarterback hurries and a forced fumble. Do you know what they got Trey Hendrickson for? Like, this is what the Niners need to do this offseason. They need to locate a Trey Hendrickson and sign him for four years, $60 million, with a $10 million signing bonus and $16 million the guaranteed signing. The guy was all pro last year. Guy, he got $16 million guaranteed at signing. That's what they gave him. He was $16 an pro. million. How does that happen? He's an all pro. Uh, yeah, I, not a $16 million all pro $16 million guy. That's what they gave him. This is 2021, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those, those, that's, those are 21. Those are not 21 numbers. They essentially, do you know how great this contract is? It's essentially a one year deal, which I got news for you. They're not going to cut them, <laughs> but that's what, like we talk about star player part of, as they transition, I don't, they, they are going to have the opportunity because guys like that hit free agency for whatever reason. You know, you could probably nitpick them. You might be a little stiff, whatever. And you just have, you're going to have some cash. If you can nail a couple signings, you can accumulate a couple more impact guys because your core guys, Kittle, Warner, the, the, none of these guys are going anywhere. Debo, Ayuk, right? Trent, like you have a core group of studs. You are going to have. Now that then the whole other question is like can Trey then be good? But you're that utilize that little extra nut you got, which twenty five from Jimmy, the extra money you just get from the salary cap going up. The Niners are going to have a decent amount of wiggle room. I, by the way, I'd say to the Saints, like, how do you guys have no cap? Well, they don't have any cap. They they don't. They have none. Well, I, I know because they pushed Drew Brees' contract back for like seventeen years. I know. I think they're paying him like twelve million dollars this year against the cap. Can you imagine that? Like, has that got to be the worst feeling? The Niners haven't quite gone through this yet. I guess they they actively chose to get rid of Buckner. But it's like, we would love to keep this guy, but we literally don't have any money. And then he turns out to be cheap. <laughs> You're like, Jesus, exactly. Like, all right, so it, was cost, like, it, was, it was $60 million guaranteed, fine. No, it was 16 I'm sorry, some heads would have rolled before I would have let that guy walk for $16 million. So... I mean, all right, the uh, the playoff picture now, it was funny. They showed the update during the game, and it hit me while I'm watching the game. Like, man, they could lose this game and be in okay shape. You and I were talking as the game was unfolding. 
does a tie help them more than a loss? Probably because they'd be six. They would have been six, uh, six and six one. and one. Yeah, right. Which is by the way Pittsburgh's record at the moment, which doesn't help them because the AFC is better than the NFC. But when you're seven, six, six and one, you're destined for eight, eight and one. I feel that <laughs> there can't be a worse record in the 17 game schedule history than eight, eight and one of you a non losing. That's what you think the Steelers are going to be. That's just that that sucks. Oh <laughs> yeah, know? I know. Honestly, but it doesn't feel as I mean eight and nine does feel worse. I'd rather be eight, eight and one, obviously, but nah. just eight and nine is such a weird combination of numbers for a record. If you're gonna miss the playoffs either way, I do feel it allows you to like be a little bit more uh you know, uh take harder stances on things. You know, eight and one were like, we're close. It's like, no, you really weren't. I know. But now they're seven like and six. It, yeah, they're in good shape. Another seven and six. Washington is six and seven in the seventh spot. Niners are in the sixth spot. Minnesota six and seven. Philly six and seven. Atlanta six and seven. New Orleans six and seven. They've beaten Minnesota. They've beaten Philadelphia. Washington lost to the Cowboys on Sunday, and they play Atlanta, who's six and seven, coming up next. Pretty big, uh, I would say, swing this week coming up. So you get the Niners game. The Niners can knock Atlanta out, right? And they should. Like, there's going to be no excuse. They're going to be favored at home. You got to fucking win that game. You're playing Matt Ryan. You're playing an, a below-average Falcon team. I looked at their over, their, uh, not over-under, but their point differential. It's really bad. It was, I think, 100 points. It was really, really shitty. And the Washington plays the Eagles. So one of those teams has to lose. So if you win this game... You are, it's why I said last week, if you would have won that Seattle game, it'd be over right now. Like you'd be in cruise control. You're still fighting, but you win this weekend. Someone has to lose the Eagle Washington game. And I think for you, your sake, you kind of want Washington to just get knocked out there because you don't play them and you have the tiebreaker with the Eagles. Yeah. So I think you just root for the Eagles. And Minnesota, you know, they play the Bears. Somehow, the, do you know who the Monday Night Football game is next week? It's the Bears again because they're the Sunday Min- game. It's, it's, the Bears are playing Minnesota. That's a terrible Monday Night Football game. The 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 Minnesota's finished. They get the Bears twice. Rams, Packers. So they probably go two and two. So there's, they probably go eight and nine. Worst worst case potentially. Yeah, what's the sev- so what do you think the seven seed will be? Eight. Wins I think the seven seed. I think the seven seed eight and nine might get you in. Yeah. I think the Niners have a chance to go ten and seven. Because they still got the they got I almost said the Astros they got the Texans, who is you already know that game's going to be way closer than it should be, but they they're going to win that game. Well, will they do what Seattle did today when that game was closer than it should be, but then it finished thirty three thirteen? That's what it feels like, yeah. Because at one point in time it was ten to ten. I think they were losing. Yeah, it was sixteen thirteen at halftime. It was for nineteen thirteen going to the fourth quarter. Yeah, so. You could win that game. You win this weekend. That's nine. Can they either win Tennessee or they were L.A.? Now, the L.A. game, which we've already talked about, depending on what happens tomorrow, depending on the seeding, you know, depending on a lot of things, that game might matter. It might not. There is a chance, an outside chance, that game is for the five seed, right? If L.A. loses tomorrow, slips up again. See, Daryl Henderson went on the COVID list, so they're running backs. Maybe we shouldn't put that bet in. 
Oh, really? Did you did you not put it in already, or you did? I, I haven't put it in yet. Uh, I think two more wins get you in the playoffs if you're the Niners, two and two down the stretch, because of some of the tiebreakers. I don't feel amazing about it. I'm just saying I think that's what happens. Football teams yeah. got the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants. Are they going to win three of those four? No, I don't think so. Although they have won four in a row at one point this year against the Bucks, Panthers, Seahawks, Raiders. I, I watching the football team. My takeaway is like they're probably a little scrappier than the Eagles. The Eagles have higher end talent. Uh, it feels like those two teams split, and they both probably end up right around eight and nine. Then they lose the Eagles Dallas still play two weeks. Well, the Eagles play them twice. They play Dallas and they play the Giants. So, like, could the Eagles win two more games? I feel like the Eagles might be more likely to get to eighth in the football team. Which is fine for the Niners. Actually, better. Yeah. And I feel like Minnesota probably gets to eight and nine. They just, they just have a lot of talent. You know, they just got a couple guys that can – you saw on Thursday night. I mean, Cook and Justin Jefferson at any moment could be the best players on the field. They kind of have the, what the Niners have. Like, their best players can just take over a game. Are the Cowboys going to need to play – Week 18 against uh, Philly? No, no, probably not. I feel like the Cowboys got hats and T-shirts maybe by Christmas. Yeah. So Because they're, they're an Eagles loss away from being in full control. Right. If the Eagles win that game and they're 7-7, seven and seven, what's the Cowboys record right now? They're 9-4. and four. I mean, they're three up in the loss column right now in second place. So they are and well they've already ahead. And they've already beat the Eagles once. So they can already split and be in cruise control i think the cowboys are in pretty good shape do you know the cowboys have this week the giants i think the cowboys probably they might the division might be over by the end of next week yeah so they won't that's their week dallas week 17 is or philly's week 17 is dallas so philly might win that game yeah because dallas has to play the following week they're the four seed you just rest your guys Protect Dak. Feel McCarthy. Which the, the, the Niners might run into. Won't the Probably Niners be playing for seating though? Says David. Probably not. Home field. Who? Dallas. First round. Uh, I mean, we just got to see where. It, you know, Arizona might have it locked up. It depends what their record is and Tampa record is, right? Tampa already beat Dallas. Does uh. Does Dallas Dallas does Dallas automatically finish ahead of the Rams even if they have a worse record? Since they if they're a division winner, I don't remember yeah. how it works with division winners. They do, yeah. right? The division so they can winners finish. are, are lost. They could be the remember, football team got a home game last yeah, yeah, year yeah, against the right. Bucks. Good call. So they're in good shape. Do you like that rule? Um, I mean, I actually don't mind it. My issue with the rule is last year with football team we'll rule under five hundred. Like I don't mind I know. it if, every like, time that happens, people hate it. But I, you know, I don't mind it if like ten and seven, like that's shit luck. But if you're eight and nine, you win a division, you host a team that's twelve wins. That feels kind of shitty. It does. But to me, I also it's enough of an oddity that whatever it doesn't bother it doesn't bother me. I don't think as much as it bothers most people. But divisions in the NFL don't matter that much. Uh, EKBZ says, "Give me Mike McCarthy in the first round." I mean, you're probably not getting him. Right, probably not. No, two seven ramps, three six, four five. You're not. Yeah, you're getting. You might be getting Lafleur though. Green Bay. Well, that's where the Seattle loss kills them. Because if they had won this game instead of being seven and six, you'd be eight and five, and you'd just be right there nipping at their heels. 
but that it, they do have a you know if they were to upset the Cardinals tomorrow, you know they have a multi-game lead. It's just that's it's a lot to make up to with only a couple games left, right? There is a weird level of uh, not it's not weird. I understand it level of Niner confidence when it comes to Green Bay, though. I have a harder time with Aaron Rock. You know, like this version of Aaron, the last couple of years, how well he's played with this Niner defensive backfield. <laughs> Feels I like agree. a. And the guy that had 24 Mismatch. touchdowns at Fresno State his sophomore season. 24 touchdowns. 24. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was went to some of those games. North Dakota couldn't stop him, I think. But yeah. New Mexico, I think he had six touchdowns. I mean, he 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 ate him alive. Yeah. It was it was just Derek Carr was just heaving bombs. Well, but let's just that's really quick. The NFL now. For the Niners, could they catch the Rams? Let's just look at the Rams. They're, they have five games left. Okay. At the Cardinals. Rams are 8-4. and four, Niners are 7-6. and six. The Rams are an underdog. Could easily lose that game. Seattle, which, you know what's crazy is Seattle is just, they still have stuff to play for, which is nuts, because if they were on the table, they could get the seven seed. They get the eight wins, yeah. Then they play the Vikings, which... Russ has never finished worse than eight and eight. The Vikings are going to be playing for their fucking life. That game's going to be big. Then they get the Ravens, which, regardless of what you think about the Ravens, that team just does not die. Where's that game? Uh, At Baltimore. So they go back to back weeks, week sixteen, week fifteen and sixteen at Minnesota at Baltimore. Like that's Baltimore just tough. plays in scrappy, close, ridiculous games. And even if and he didn't roll his ankle cold. and he misses a couple games, that's you know he's got some time to get healthy. And then they play the Niners. I mean, Ravens I mean, came back with Tyler Huntley, eighteen. Who's and then they have who? The Cardinals, eighteen, week eighteen. Uh, the Niners play the play the Rams week. You know, the final week of the season. And so, far. oh, gotcha, gotcha. So they got they go Cardinals, Seattle, Mini, Ravens, Niners. Tough little stretch. Cardinals, I mean, it's not easy. Seattle, Minnesota, Seattle's at home. Ravens, Niners. Yeah, I mean Monday night. If they were to lose, then the Niners are really in pretty good shape, right? Because if yeah. if the Rams lose, they're only one game better than the Niners, and the Niners know you play them at the end of the year. Then you start rooting for Seattle to beat them. <laughs> yeah. Now you got to win your games, but you'd be in control. That means oh, you went out, which separate conversation. You take their spot, right? Because then you'd be even with them in the loss column, but you beat them twice head to head. Yeah. Even though I, I'm not exactly sure how that works. Sometimes, like conference record, I'll have to look into that. You don't I think the first tiebreakers head to head? I don't think it usually is, but I, I sometimes I get confused with that with the wild card stuff. I think it depends if there's more than one team. But if you're right, if it's just the you, you're right. If there's them, a th- like a three team tiebreaker. But there wouldn't be. It'd just be no. you versus the Rams. So I would imagine if you beat them twice, what the fuck's the point of having divisional games? I played them twice, and if we have the same record, that's a long way. I mean, that's we got a long way to go before we get there. Uh, so actually, but you're not crazy. So to break a tie for a wild card team, uh, the fir- if the if the clubs are tied from the same division, apply a divisional tiebreaker. So it would be divisional record. It'd be your divisional record, which. The Niners are one and four. Now, if the Rams were to lose tomorrow, they would be one and three. And then Seattle plays them, right? So it's yeah. But what you need to happen wouldn't. It's not like the Rams right now are three and zero oh in the division, right? With just one game, they've also fucked up. You you want to root for the Cardinals tomorrow, and then you got to root for Seattle. And then <laughs> what you if gotta... Seattle? Would it be the most impressive Seattle season ever if they ended up nine and eight in the seventh seed? Would that be remarkable? I'd be remarkable. Would everyone get extensions? 
Is it out of the realm of possibilities? You want, can I just read you out Seattle's last uh, five games? Yeah. They beat the Texans, then they play the Rams, then they get the Bears and the Lions, and then they get the Cards, which, who knows, maybe they have the number one overall seed locked up that week. If they can beat the Rams next week, they have two wins back-to-back, Bears-Lions. If they beat the Rams, guy, and they're 6-8, and eight, they will be 8-8 eight and eight going into that Cardinal game. Just get ready for that. Next wow. week is their Super Bowl. Wow. Where's that game? Which one? Next week. Uh, it's in L.A. Which, I mean, that, that and that's not, can we not flex a Monday night game? I mean, come on. I know. I thought we could. That game's huge. That game is big. Wow. This is fantastic. NFC playoffs could be, NFC playoff race could be incredible. Would all four of them get in in that scenario? Is there a scenario where Seattle gets to nine? Yeah, the Rams are still getting in. The Niners would get in. Yeah. Cardinals are obviously in. That'd be an incredible accomplishment for for a division that looked like it was down and out to make all four teams. It's not the craziest thing. I'm just trying to make sure uh, that that wild card scenario is not a three-team tie that I just gave you. I have to double check that. Yeah, we'll get back to it. I mean, it's, we're so fucking far away from the playoffs. All right, if somebody's listening to this, and and uh, I'm looking at the NFL tiebreaker scenarios here, it's just hard on the fly. To... It's it's very confusing. Three or more it would clubs. be it, it would be hilarious if the NFC West got all four teams. It'd be a big muscle flex for a division. To look After it had been like this division that we had built up, the AFC West. That's the real division. You know, that's a whole other conversation. But uh, wow. I'm rooting for that Seattle. Seattle being relevant is just incredible. And especially once we fired everybody for them to come back. I fired everyone like seven times on that staff. I'm not saying I'm not, you can root, don't root for them, whatever. It's just, it's fantastic. Um, By the way, we got this question. I parlayed the Niners and the Ravens on the advice of the ham pod. It was a wild ride, but it came through. We had a parlay today that was D E A D dead, 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 dead. In the morning, it was, help me here, it was Ravens plus two and a half? Yeah. Football team plus four and a half. Didn't hit. We, we only had two of the four of them, so it doesn't Yeah, but matter. the two, but those two teams were a combined down, like, a I think lot. it was like 22 to nothing and 18 to nothing. I mean, it was ridiculous. I think it was like 40 points. They were down. Yeah, it was Football team had a field goal to get it to four. They got blocked. Well, Dak now, threw a pick. Dak threw a pick six that got us right back in the game. The Bills end up actually not covering because that game went to overtime. So, but they got they, to overtime. You couldn't ask for anything more than that, right? Yeah. I mean, they down twenty four to three. That was a hundred to win twelve hundred. Tracy Wolfson said that Sean McDermott was despondent when she tried to talk to him going into halftime. He was just at a loss. He had no words for her. They hadn't run he, the ball, he, John, once with a running back. It was four carries, all Josh Allen. Well, but do you blame him? I mean, they just we just told him to pass the ball more. Don't run it. So he he listened to us. Like, is that what no, everyone's the, been telling them? Throw the ball. The Ravens were we were getting points with the Ravens, right? Yeah, the Ravens yeah. covered. Yeah, they the didn't football win, team. They the football team did not. The football team closed at six and a half. We got in early. It just kept going up. <laughs> but it it wouldn't have mattered. And the other game that did not cover was you know the Bills who looked like they were going to cover, and then they went overtime, and they scored a touchdown. The walk-off touchdown, 
is a pretty big kick in the dick, depending on what side you're on in a game, right? If you haven't seen the Bucks one yet, watch that one. Because the Ayuk play, as hard as it was for a Bengals fan on walk-off loss in OT, it was just like a review, and then it hit you, and you see it. The Bucks play was hit a guy, he's running down the field, the camera started zooming out, and you just realize there was nobody there, and he's just running and running and running and running and touchdown. It was a pretty incredible. incredible. It was pretty incredible. How about the uh, the Robbie Gold field goal attempt to win the game, John? You know when you hit a driver and the guy standing behind you on the tee box, like, oh, nice drive, because it starts down the middle, but you know that your ball always slices hard right, and you're like, just give it a second. I know it looks like it's down the middle right now. Hang on. It'll take a hard right right by that bunker. And sure enough, it goes. Zoop. I mean, that was that was a, a roller coaster ride of a kick. Luckily, I had no confidence in him going into that kick, so I wasn't shocked when he – I don't even know what you call that type of miss, where like starts left, goes center cut, then hard cut right. I don't even know what that was. Just a dis- just uh, awful. I don't in know. the words of Joe Buck, a despicable act. Yeah, high tower is what I call it. He high towered it. Uh, it was like a slice, but it started out hard left. It was crazy. Oh, no. I didn't understand it. All right, John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about the wonderful product that is sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. It is nearly New Year's resolution time. We've got the holiday season upon us. Make sleep your number one goal. Combine it with exercise, eating healthier, all that. It all starts with sleep at sleepnumber.com slash ham. Yep, sleepnumber.com slash ham. Here's the thing, guy. Uh, quality sleep is essential for optimal health, performance, and well-being. Lack of sleep can leave you feeling scatterbrained and cranky. I mean, I can attest to that. No sleep, cranky, angry. Get the hell away from me. If you see me early in the morning, I didn't have a good night's sleep. My, some of my neighbors got to think I am an asshole. And I just want to tell them, you know, I went to bed late. We're working, trying to pay the bills. But when I get a good night's sleep... Hugging neighbors, saying hi to everyone. I could be at the gym at six in the morning, like, oh, hey, Bill, hey, Mr. Johnson. You just, you just feel Romanowski. Yeah, you feel Romo. You know, Romo gets there like nine. He's not the, the earliest bird, but you know, well, somebody tired. tweeted in my life. timeline today an old video of Romo on like Comcast Sportsnet post game, going, "They suck. Everybody <laughs> sucks. Everybody in the building sucks. This is awful, and I'm pissed." I was like, "Damn, he needs a sleep number." <laughs> Yeah, he does. He really does. So just uh, avoid food or exercise before bed. The body needs at least an hour to recover. Uh, proven quality sleep from home for the holiday. Save up to $500 on select Sleep Number 360 smart beds during Sleep Number's holiday savings events. Plus, special financing for a limited time only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep, life-changing, sleepnumber.com. Slash ham. Did I start by reading uh, an ad from the future there? I might have. But I don't know. That's okay. You saved it. Yeah. Good job. No. Good job by you. Good job by you. Uh, I actually, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good coming into the show tonight because I, uh, uh, as the Niners game was hitting the third quarter, I brewed up the latest bag of coffee from Woo-hoo. trade. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you delved in yet? Trade, John. Trade, trade, trade. Um, it's delicious. I got. I should have pulled the bag up over here with me, but drink trade, baby. Drinktrade.com. 
slash ham, use the promo code ham, and get your coffee game going. Yep, trade guarantees they'll match. What it is is you go there, you pick gourmet coffees, you take a quiz, French press, automatic drip, cold brew, whatever you like, then trade will match the coffees you'll love from 400-plus craft coffees, and they'll send you freshly roasted bag as often as you like. So you'll always be ready. So when you wake up in the morning after a good night's sleep, you go to make your, you know, brew a pot of coffee, and you got the best in the business because of our friends at Trade. They partner with 55-plus small U.S.-based roasters, so you're keeping it local, you're keeping it domestic, you're helping the economy, uh, you know, and, you know, you don't get worked up because you have a great cup of joe in the morning. From It was very easy. Brewery. I just did the quiz. It, rec- it said, what do you like? It asked, how much do you know about coffee? Uh, and then it de- it picks something for you, and then it delivers it right to you. I got it in two days. Oh. And uh, Sight Glass, I think, is the name of the, uh, the, the, the coffee maker that it came from. And uh, it was fantastic. For our listeners right now, Trade is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags at checkout. To get yours, go to drinktrade.com slash ham and then use the code ham. So you got to, it's a double hammer. Drinktrade.com slash ham, code ham at checkout. Take the quiz to start your journey to the perfect cup. It's drinktrade.com slash ham, promo code ham for 20 bucks off your first three bags. And right now you're thinking you got some people out there that might need a gift for the holidays. This is a great gift. The coffee lover in your life would love the gift of better coffee with their personalized gift coffee subscription from trade at drinktrade.com slash ham code ham. Love it. Go get it. Do it. Uh, All right. Well, I guess we'll probably scratch that Trey Lance conversation that we mentioned that we might have in the, uh, while we were watching the final uh, moments of the uh, Niner game. Uh, Did you happen to watch any of the Raider game? today john did you happen to see any of uh, what transpired there today you know i actually did and uh i have a routine in the morning uh, it feels like the niners 90 percent of their games are in the afternoon so i i, I do not watch one second of coverage before 10 o'clock I, I don't watch any of the show i despise them so i i don't always am locked into what game is coming up and be honest with you i didn't even realize this was raider chiefs games or raiders chief week partly because the Raiders have become irrelevant. But then what I do do is I'm on the phone, I'm on the internet. I actually had the golf on, the Greg Norman little two-man tournament. And I see James Palmer, it starts going viral that the Raiders had kind of done a Gruden and they didn't do a, a, a lap around the outside of Arrowhead. They had gone to the center of the field, Terrell Owens style, and had done a pump-up speech. And I was thinking, you know, this is probably getting overhyped on Twitter. Fucking a lot of people on the field. You and I, countless games in our lifetime, pregame. A lot of people moving parts. Hard to even tell totally. what's going on. Not the case at all. Not a fucking soul on the field. The Chiefs were clearly all gone. It was just the group of Raiders, you know, however many guys are dressed, 45 in the middle of the field, guy. And then they showed a replay as I think right as the game was starting. And Dockway was waving them up. They were doing their normal thing, probably at like the 20-yard line or whatever. Like any team would have done, no one would have said a word. But they made a conscious effort following, you know, one of their better players who's been there nine games, telling them to come on down yep. and let's, uh, I don't know, give a pump-up speech on what looks like them and the Patriots, the two cream of the crop. The Titans, too, if they got Derrick Henry report today, he's coming back. Yeah, there's nothing quite like calling everybody over in school to your big fight and then getting punched in the jaw 
within the first eight seconds, which is exactly what happened to them. Like the reason, because I was on Twitter as that game started, I'm like, why is everybody watching Raiders Chiefs? Like I couldn't quite figure it out. Everyone was reacting to the game because they had a fumble, a, a fumble six in the first eight seconds. First like, play game. Every, well, the reason they were watching the game is because Yannick and Dockway threw up the bat signal. James Palmer tweeted it, and everybody's like, oh shit, what's about to happen in this Raiders Chiefs game? And the answer is the Chiefs are gonna go up. What was it, 32, 33, whatever the score was to nothing, and 35 to nothing in like less than 30 minutes. It was incredible. But it all started because the Raiders did the did this idiotic thing like they were about to smack Kansas City. Do you agree that sometimes, and this is just true in pro sports, and I would just say the way the sport is covered now with social media, and you know, I, I, I do think the word like clickbait can be overused. Like, there's no we don't we don't get credit for clickbait now. Certain things like Florio, if you have a website, clickbait does matter. But if you just click on a podcast and listen for a second, like we don't nothing happens. We don't get any money. So that clickbait to me kind of universally gets used incorrectly a lot. But like a story like that that can just go viral. Sometimes it cannot be true or can be like, uh, I, I would just say uh, the, the hyperbole behind the event can just kind of be an overreaction. And that's just kind of what I assumed. And then when you see the visual, it was the opposite. It was truly like if I was a Chiefs fan, if I was a Chiefs player, I'd be like, what the fuck are these guys doing? And then like you said, it was 7 nothing on the first play of the game. And by halftime, I was going to say it was 35 nothing, but no, the Raiders' gutless special teams coach, who I hear is a great guy, but as a head coach, and remember, we talked a lot of shit when Tom Sula did this years ago, to kick a field goal, to act like, oh, well, it's just, you got to get points on the board. You're down 35 to nothing. You get zero credit. Made it a four-score game, John. Made it, it was gonna, you get you know, four zero scores. credit. Four for touchdowns and four two-point conversions. Now, as several people said on social media, they had to justify the money that they just gave to the guy holding the field goal and the guy that was a the good tweet. And I yeah. said, I said, okay, that makes a little sense, uh, but that there's nothing more embarrassing than the just trying to get points to be like, well, we got points. Well, you lost fucking seventy-five to three, so no one cares. Yeah, I mean, look, I, we've gone. It, it's it's this year's been a roller coaster for them, yeah. but this is what it should look like because this is what it looks like. All the time. Nothing you know the has final changed. score of the game? Because I, uh, I I was going to look. Was it I did 48 know. to 3? 40... It was four, 48 to 9. 48 to 9. Ren, Renfro, Renfro had a touchdown. And then he look missed the extra point. This tweet from PB Wilson on the internet. He was at the game. They played wheels of the bus go round and round at the end of the game. In Arrowhead. Can you play that? Oh, it won't play through the uh, game. Yeah. Wheels on the bus go round and round. <laughs> Let me. I might be able to play it. I don't know. But yeah, wheels of the bus. Like it's this happens every like year, once a year, twice, once every two years. There's just that league, that division. Excuse me. The Raiders and the Chiefs play an important game that ends in a bloodbath. It happens all the time. Like you can change I coaches, you can change offensive linemen, you can change quarterbacks. Unfortunately, this is what the franchise is right now. It just is. I, it's now you could say, oh, it's just one game, whatever. They're not a playoff franchise. They are not a consistently competitive franchise. Guy, 
89 to 28. 89 to 28. Those are the two Chiefs is, games? Is the score of the two Chiefs games. I, I had forgotten the Chiefs scored, you know, obviously they remember they kicked their ass on that Sunday night game, 41 to 14. And we even said like that final score looked a little tighter than what we actually witnessed. Cause I think the, remember that was, they were on Monday night, they were on Sunday night and then the Niners played the Rams on, you know, Monday night was like a little, uh, little bang banger. I listen, you kind of hinted at it. The Raiders for a team that has been semi-competitive these last couple years gets destroyed and blown out more consistently than any decent team. And obviously they're no longer the lions these last several years. Like they have been much better last year. They went eight and eight the year before they went seven and nine this year, they're going to end up who knows, maybe seven and 10 or whatever. Yeah. But you know, they probably should have been an eight or a nine win team regardless. They might get the eight. For whatever reason, I actually at Browns, Broncos, at Colts, Chargers, like it's not, not going to be easy. No. Are they going to be underdogs in every one of those games? Uh, they get the Broncos at home, but I, I mean, I would say the in Broncos Vegas. do feel better in Vegas. Easy trip be a for Bron- a Broncos. Fans. That'll be a Bronco. That'll be a Bronco home game. I, I I just think that listen, you know, was it Mark Davis's fault they lost today, or that John Gruden sent those emails, or that Henry Ruggs got in the car wreck? Of course not. But the one consistent theme of the last decade of them constantly sometimes they win four games. This year they win seven, but they have the same game in every year. More often than a lot of like eight and eight teams, they guy they have several games this season. Now it all happened after the rugs thing, but still like forty-one to fourteen against the Chiefs. The Bengals beat them thirty-two to thirteen. Like that is an ass kicking in the NFL. To me, thirty-two to thirteen in the NFL is the equivalent of a of an Alabama, Florida, LSU type game where they beat their opponent fifty to twenty. Like that's a bludgeoning. And then today was probably the biggest ass kicking of the year like 35 to 3 at halftime what is the college equivalent to 35 to 3 at half 55 7 uh, uh 35 yeah, in the nfl it, it almost i was when you texted me that today my first reaction was eh, i think it might be worse than 55 to 7 but i, I think that's probably right yeah I, doesn't it feel 35 points and a half for an nfl team is as good as hard as it can get like that's as yeah. much as they can score Yes, like there's not enough time or possessions to score more than that. Well, how many? Yeah. That's seven touchdowns. Like how? How do you? Or excuse, that's five touchdowns. It's five seven points. How do you score five? How many possessions do you usually get a half? Six. Like that's obviously it takes a defensive score. Like you have to have, you got to be remarkable. And they were. I mean, they were just kicking their ass. But they started kicking their ass with screens, and it's just this Jamal, notion. Was that t- Jamal Charles? Or no, no, that what, was uh, that was uh, what was the game that that was Jamal Charles that hit him on the screens. Yeah, same type deal. They hit him a couple today. This with, week it was uh, Jamal Williams, uh, Daryl Williams, Daryl Williams. Who's a sneaky? I didn't even realize he went to LSU. But this notion that the Raiders is some really good job to me more and more. Like I would say, it kind of gets exposed. Like, do they have this great roster? Do they have all these good players? Now Waller didn't play today. He's their best player in their team, but. Their defense stinks. You know, it's not like everyone, Max Crosby's the next. He's got five sacks. He's got five sacks. Like, he's fine. He's a good player. He's a solid player. But as they, I was watching the broadcast, I'm like, yeah, you haven't heard much of him lately. You see Chris Jones? Like, that's what an all-pro, that's what a guy they gave $60 million to. See him today play Leatherwood? Play, Leatherwood looked like me or you. So it's You're like, not- okay, well, they just used a first-round pick on him, and their other first-rounders they cut. This notion that, like, the Raiders are going to be some desirable job, well, yeah, if Mark's willing to give – 
some of these guys 80 to 100 million dollars which we got to pick the right guy which is still a coin toss more than likely they're just going to continue to suck for a while i mean look i i'm not shocked that i gave him credit for that dallas game i didn't think they had that in them we shouldn't be shocked john gruden say what you want about his shortcomings he is a good offensive coach and they, he's a professional NFL head coach. Now, whether or not you think he's worth $100 million, he's a real NFL head coach. Agreed? They went from him to Rich Bisaccia, who I'm rooting for, been rooting for, but it's not the same thing. So, of course, they're falling apart. That said, 100 Gruden, doesn't quite feel what it did. You know, Mel Tucker now gets 95. No, it doesn't. Rose now came it feels like a deal. Little. Like, Mark Davis is like, joke's on you, man. If I just kept him around, he would have been, I was saving money by, like, year five. He was right. He was ahead of the curve. Because the one thing that happens all the time is, you know, you, you you have a good year, you're two years away from your contract expiring, get an extension. Ten-year contract, it's a ways away from having two years left on your contract. I got you locked in, dog. The difference in, really, in the NFL, nobody leaves with time. Like, college coaches just fucking leave. Just, I'm out. It's like, wait a second, there's five years left on your deal. I heard yeah, I, I heard Peter I heard Peter Schrager say, maybe a couple of weeks ago on Bill Simmons, like, I wonder if coaches in the pros are going to start thinking like this, if this is the going rate for how much you can make. What, go to college? No, I'm saying just, like, just I want to leave away. to go to the fucking 49ers. I want to oh, leave man. the Saints to go to the Raiders. He's going to give me $150 million. The problem, the problem for them is in, in the NFL, somebody is in charge. In college, nobody's in charge of the coaches. Yeah. No. <laughs> Except Jimmy Sexton. Yeah. But, you know, look, Gruden was 4-12, and 7-9, and 8-8, and and this year was, he was, it was at times looking good, but it wasn't guaranteed that they were going to make the playoffs, right? You agree with that? If Gruden was still the coach, would this definitely be a playoff team? No. So uh, they hadn't nailed that hire. I, I've had this thought, and I'll, you know, I, I, it's easy to make fun of me for this take. I know that. I'm going to say it. It's partly tongue-in-cheek, but partly not. If they ever got new ownership, I think they should consider changing their name and completely rebranding the organization. Now, that's not going to happen. They won't do that. The brand is powerful. I'm not trying to kick Raider fans when they're down. I have a lot of respect for Raider fans. You guys have been through a lot of shit. I mean that sincerely. We've talked to Raider fans over the years. But, I mean, I just wonder if there's just shy of a complete overhaul, a stench that you can't get out um, right now. Now, the fact is, even though I say that, the fact is just change of leadership is good enough. Changing your jerseys is far less important than changing your leadership. Changing your leadership matters more than anything else. And... um you know, it, if you figured it out, then it would make it all the sweeter if you could have the Raiders in the postseason. But right now, the identity is this. This is what the identity is of this franchise, unfortunately. I think most people that would get really mad at you about changing the identity would be older people. Like, they just don't have that many young fans, and people can get mad at us. Like, we've seen the demos. There, there's a reason that, you know, even while they were in this market, we talked a lot more about the other team in the market. Uh, they're just basic math. Now, listen, I... I the football team did it. Now they, it was forced upon them, but it's not that big a deal. Like kind of did it. Like the colors are the same. Well, yeah. To me, I, oh, when you say rebrand, you mean change colors? Did you mention I'm, that too? Oh yeah, I changed the name. I changed the colors. I the whole thing. The logo. The problem is the stadium's black and silver. But again, I say I would do it. I think it's a th- it's a thought that I've had repeatedly. It really doesn't. It do, it's not worth anything unless you the leadership changes. And the leadership changing is far more important than changing your logo or your colors. But 
I would think about it in the end. So let's say, say let's say let's say Elon or Bezos bought the team for four right. and a half billion dollars, right. and they said, "Hey, Middlecoff, Haberman, if you guys can scrap together five million dollars, I'll give you a tiny little ownership." And you obviously you just sweet and stuff, but you can just run ideas through me. I know you guys are locked in the football right. and just. You know, I I got fucking me and the Rock are flying to uh, the moon, and I got a lot of other, I got supply chain issues going on. Tornado just took out one of my warehouses. I got other shit going on. You guys are locked into football. One of I'm with you. My first would be Jeff. You're in a new city, bright lights. Like it might be Las Vegas Aces, Las Vegas, whatever. But like, let's yeah, bookies. Yeah, let's love that Las Vegas. You know, exactly. Roulette, I, might, I, I might even not lean into playing into a playing card. But again, somebody just ice, man, you guys are asking for death threats. LOL. I think that's again, the move. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, but, but again, I mean, I say it only partly tongue in cheek because the reality is a leadership change is, and I've, you and I have been on the record for years. We like Mark and we root for him to figure it out. But the Las Vegas just, Teslas don't hate that. Yeah. I just, th- th- there's a stench and it starts with the Davis family and listen, right or wrong. As long as they own it, consistently bad shit happens. It's just it's just a fact, you know? And they are consistently terrible in a league that breeds parity, and they can't sniff they getting over the hump. They got to get lucky here because there's not well, a history well, of doing, you, doing these situations. But the one thing he has, like let's say five good coaches are available and like you're locked into two or three of them, he does have the ability to offer a lot of money to those guys. He might get and lucky. it is a... It is a lucrative area to live. Doesn't have to. Ch- I'm not. You know, I, I'm sensitive when I say it's an easy to take a cheap shot and say just change the name. I'm not trying to be. I'm sensitive to it, but the point being, they just this thing needs an overhaul. They need a change. They they need you know when back when we were kids and the Super Nintendo something would uh, and you just unplug it, you know, separate from the hard blowing. reset. Yeah. Just a hard reset. It used to have to do it like probably cons- more consistently with like a decade old computers and previous, a little less now. That's what they need. Just every single person. Oh, you've worked here for 15 years. You're done. Because I was reading a lot about Brian Kelly to LSU. He's ruffled some feathers. Just a couple guys. Like they had a strength coach named Tommy Moffitt who'd been there with Sabin, Les, this guy. Just they've had a lot of institutional guys that like. Patrick Peterson to Honey Badger to Jamar Chase. They swore by. They were devastated. Like, you can't fire Tommy Moffat. First thing Brian Kelly's like, listen, you might, like, you're gone. You know, just, this thing needs an overhaul. And I heard this guy that covers LSU that played there just say, you know, some of these guys are letting go. If you ask anyone worth their salt who's been around them, high level LSU guys, they would say, that guy's good at his job. But part of hiring this new guy in, and in college, when you hire like a Brian Kelly or a Nick Saban or an Urban Meyer, in a weird way, they become immediately like the owner, the coach, and the GM, right? Like when you hire Mario to the U, Mario's going to be making all the decisions football-wise. Like he would right. be the owner of the U. And they just need, like, honestly, Jack did some of that, right, when he got there. But in the NFL, it's just hard to overcome the owner because <laughs> they truly, like, I think with college, Unless it's like Oregon where there's one guy signing all the checks. Like, there's a lot of different moving parts, so you can play a lot. Like, in, in football, it's one fucking guy. Like, there's just a reason that guy hovers over. And honestly, the the Yorks battle some of that, too, but they just get lucky. They've they've hired Harbaugh, and they hired Kyle. Like, ultimately, yeah. John Gruden, like, wasn't a great hire. Like you said, he was a professional coach, but he was nowhere near what they thought they were getting, right? Mm-mm. That was part of the problem. It was like, yeah, he's a professional coach, but so was Jack. 
Like John just, it turned out like, God, John has a lot of flaws for $100 million. Like if John Gruden is the equivalent of what like uh, LSU and Miami, right? They just gave what Mario get $85 million and Brian Kelly got 90. So that's $170 million. If those guys turn into what Gruden was, people would be losing their shit after three years, right? <laughs> They'd be apoplectic, like the, the, the people close to that program. And ultimately, I think a lot of Raider fans, I think everyone would tell you they were, they were thoroughly, and I know me too, as just an outsider, I thought Gruden was going to come in like this Parcelsian offensive guy. And it turns out, God, he was just kind of, it was a bizarre experience. This, I, and we're not talking about the emails or I'm talking just his coaching, his his uh, talent acquisition, just his running a football team for three years and five games was unlike what I expected when they hired him. Yeah, Kelly Demo says this team was humming with rugs and Gruden. Stop wolfing. The problem is when you zoom out fifty thousand feet every year, it's something. Every year, it's something, right? It's just over and over and over. Here's the bottom line. Let me read you something that Vic Tafer wrote before the game. Okay. Here's Vic Tafer's. This is from Vic's article in the athletic on Saturday. Arrowhead might be the perfect setting for Sunday's last stand as the Raiders now six and six after a three and zero start have to win to stay alive in the playoff race at six and seven. There might be a slim mathematical chance, but the Raiders just aren't going to beat four good teams in a row after losing five out of six. No, this is it. Interim head coach, Rich Bisaccia, general manager, Mike Mayock, and quarterback Derek Carr could all have their long-term fates sealed Sunday if owner Mark Davis decides to blow the whole thing up again. I think Mark, I'm not trying to source guess here, but Jerry McDonald and Vic Tafer, who have been embedded with this operation for the entirety of Mark's ownership, right? Right, Mark took over in 2010 or 11. These guys have been covering the team that whole time, yeah. And they were even there before. They just they have a personal relationship with the guy. They have both said things about and I and I would say I, good, like to be clear, like good report. Like these are like reliable. Like what they say, I read and enjoy. These are journalists. Like yes, in a day you. and age when journalists are dying, like they're not going to exist. Maybe in twenty years, like these guys well. are true journalists. I think well, they're going to exist just much differently than currently the, the guys we grew up on. Yeah, just they, God bless the non-team media. But. Yeah, I I think. Listen, we all know Mayock and the coach. I mean, they don't have a coach. They have an interim coach. I think Derek, I think what they are saying is like, Mark is not prepared to give Derek $130, $140 million. It's what they are alluding to without coming out and saying it. Like, Mark Davis has zero intention of giving Derek Carr a long-term deal. I mean, they are saying that without saying it. And I don't blame him. But, as we've talked, someone would, and he does have value, but he's had some moments without some of his best players where I think you go, God, would you feel great about giving this guy $140 million? I do understand that, like his stance on that. I mean, look, generally when, tell me if you think this is wrong. When we say uh, this is the opportunity, this is a spot where the owner needs to back out, hire somebody and let him do his job is generally around the time when an owner steps in and starts putting his fingerprints on everything. That's usually how this stuff works, right? The person in power, as things go badly, they usually don't step away. They step further in. And maybe this is what Mark Davis is about to do. It's hard like I just, what my point being to your point is Mark Davis about to be the one to make the decision on the quarterback. 
Well, not it's, it's well, guy, it's already been reported. Executive like, X, I, right? Even a couple weeks ago, I think Lock and Fora wrote that. I think Graziano wrote that. Mark Davis is going to make a decision on Derek Carr before he hires a GM or a coach. So he's going to go into these meetings. I'm not extending this guy. And you're right. Like, that shouldn't be. I would say Mark's had a front row seat for nine years. Mark's watched every one of his games. <laughs> would you feel great about giving him $140 million? Like the guy, but holy shit. I just, no, but I wouldn't feel great about my uh, owner being my head scout either. Now, yeah, maybe Ron Wolf is telling him. Right? Howie Long, Bill Romanowski. I mean, he's got – he talks to all these people. <laughs> yeah. Madden might be cutting up some tape. I mean, John's sending text messages. To Harbaugh. Yeah. Maybe there. Maybe right. those are – maybe it's – is that a group chat? Does it turn out Madden and Harbaugh is actually a group chat with Mark Davis? I would love to see Harbaugh as a coach of the Raiders. Eh, kind of like him in Michigan too, though. Uh. David says Mark Davis is a poor man's Jerry Jones. Did you see what Jerry did today? No. He flew the Cowboys' personal benches to Washington? Because they wouldn't give him heated benches? I don't know if they wouldn't or what the deal was or if their benches just sucked there. He flew the Cowboys' heated benches. Dallas Cowboys on the logo on the back. I don't think you can fit those in first class. He flew. I don't know if you need like a military plane, cargo. FedEx picked them up, something. He flew there. Does he have a? He flew their benches to Washington. Flew their benches. I did see Sal, um, Jimmy Kimmel's cousin, Bill Simmons guy. Oh, I thought you meant Sal Pal. Yeah, quote I mean, a tweet because obviously cousin Sal. A lot of people were talking shit about Jerry Jones doing that. He said, "In no world are the football team who has sneaky. Yeah, they have plumbing issues there. They have. They don't have a name. Are they allowed to make fun of us for funneling our benches to the game? Like fuck you guys." Who would make fun of it's it's an insane thing to make fun of. I feel of. like a lot of people were talking shit because it was only 50 degrees. Like it, it wasn't like a 20 degree day. It wasn't even that cold. But Jerry's just a pro player guy. Like you just want your players to be comfortable. Yeah, you so what? those heated benches before a game, they do feel pretty awesome. It's just also one it's like decorating. It's like when you uh go to a hotel and they have drawers and you like put your clothes in the drawers. Now, I don't ever do that, but it just makes you feel a little more at home even if you're only there for 2 days, you know? I it's did it this summer when I stayed for like eight days in Arizona. It was awesome. I had a See, closet. Treat it like a closet. You just put your logo on your sideline. makes you feel a little more at home. Yeah. They Jerry, think the Jerry, Jones is, Jerry Jones is a fantastic owner. I, people talk shit like he spends every – his really no. only downfall is he gets too loyal with coaches. How about his drafting? I mean, you see how good – you see Michael Parsons oh today? God. <laughs> what, what is going on there? The guy's – he's the defensive player of the year. He's fantastic. He's been incredible. What I don't even know what position he plays. They stand him up. They put his hand on the ground. He fucking flies by guards. He flies by tackles. He catches guys in the open field. He sacks the quarterback. He has been... I do wonder... Now, Jamar Chase wasn't that impacted, but a pass rusher like that who was more of a stand-up linebacker, he sat the year out, right? If he had had a normal 12-game season, it would have been hard for, with his talent, like... I don't want to say out of sight, out of mind, because he went 12th overall. But no way that guy goes 12 overall if he has a season kicking ass as a pass rusher. So. I mean, he's got 12 sacks. He has nine and a half sacks since week nine. What week is this? What's well, week? What uh, the Niners are six and seven. They have had a bye, so it's week 14. He's nine and a half sacks since week nine, uh, most in the league. 16 QB hits, most in the league. 10 TFLs, most in the league. Three forced fumbles, 
tied for most in the league. Well, if I just told you, if you were just watching him and you said, this guy is going into his fourth year, they got to give him a contract extension this offseason, like, what would we be talking about? $125 million? He's one of the highest paid players in the NFL. <laughs> he's, he's a difference-making, ass-kicking machine. And, like, obviously Nick Bosa, but Nick Bosa is a true defensive end. Like, that's his position. Like, I, I watch Micah Parsons, I'm like, what position does this guy play? They're moving him all over. He's fucking awesome. I mean, he's just, but he's linear. He's, you know, Khalil could also stand up, but, his, but he was an outside passer. This guy can, like, play stand-up linebacker, even though clearly he is a dominant pass rusher. Because I, I saw some Eagles people tweeting today, like, did the Eagles fuck up? Because obviously in the hierarchy, they would always value a pass rusher over a wide receiver. Yeah. But I think Micah Parsons was viewed as a linebacker. So when you say linebacker, you're like, yeah, if I get a general, if I get a generational wide receiver or a generational linebacker, I might take the wide receiver. But if you get a generational pass rusher, it's not even a no one even question. Like it's just a no brainer. And they did it. By the but way, they, Mahomes. I don't, I don't think sorry. they knew. Uh, Mahomes about the uh, Raiders going on the logo. I mean, you don't want people coming to your stadium trying to disrespect the things you've built. And so for us, that just gave us a little bit of motivation to go out there and win against a really good football team that we already had a rivalry against, and it's usually tough, tough football. Anyway, I thought that quote would be more dramatic than it was, but. I think they're at the point, and this is where you might need to rebrand. They don't even really care about you that much anymore. Like, you can't beat a team guy 89 to 14 over two games, oh, really a month stretch, right? I mean, that game wasn't that long ago and have that much respect for him. 89 to 14? 89 to 14. I, that's crazy. Here, read this comment from Matt. He says, if Harbaugh ends up the next coach of the Raiders, wouldn't you trust him with Carr after what he did with Alex Smith? I actually would like to see that. I do too. I would too. I, I The more and more I think, like, is Harbaugh going to leave the University of Michigan for Mark Davis? Money I mean, talks and did, power. What did John Gruden see? John Gruden saw an opportunity to take advantage of a situation. And that he makes did. it sound sinister, but it's just, it was an opportunity to. He's an employee. I mean, they don't give you equity in the deal, right? I mean, you, you, well, part of doing he, it, it's why yeah, you want a, the juice. He's an employee, but like, at the end of the day, it was going to be really hard, I think, to imagine a scenario where John Gruden got fired from the Raiders for performance, right? No, my, my, my point is supporting, like, you're saying you saw it, it's not sinister when you're not you're not getting equity in the deal. If you're going to be an employee, well, not all employees are equal, right? Even if they're all head like if we went around the league, certain head coaches probably like you know I got to deal with this. I got my fucking general manager up my ass. I got to deal with the owner. Ask Doug Peterson what Mondays are like with the meetings. You know, you think John Gruden? There's a meeting John Gruden had that he didn't want to have. Like he, you could argue like even Belichick. Like if Kraft calls, like he had to. I could listen to him. I don't think John Gruden had to listen. Mark, they probably fucking left him alone. It's an incredible job. Yeah. I think the Niners is the same thing. He just, but for whatever reason, this is the, there's a toxicity with that franchise. Like it's just, but the Niners were, the Niners were toxic when Harbaugh took that job. I know, but he, but the one thing Jim has, like clearly John has some toxicity with him. Like John brought some weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, this is, it's not that dissimilar. I mean, they were, what, 3-13 and 13 when Harbaugh took over the Niners the year before? <clears throat> yeah, but then Jim started winning immediately. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, Harbaugh stepped into a bad situation the last time and won right away. 
a lot more talent on that team inheriting, True. I would say, than this but one. But there was some, t- I mean, like this team, if they miss the playoffs, I won't look at them and go, they obviously shouldn't be. Well, I mean, their offensive line struggles. They've made some bad decisions. Yeah, I mean, they have a first round tackle that they drafted number 17. They moved him to guard. He is not a very good player. Wow. And I, people are like, you hate Leather. I have no, I don't even care about Alex Leatherwood. I just know today. Now, Chris Jones, an upper echelon player. That was JV versus varsity. And to to be a playoff team, you can't have a first-round guy, whether he's going to be your guard or tackle, be just a terrible player. He had no – I mean, he was just turnstile. That's got to be pretty concerning. Yeah. That's got to be concerning. Very. I would say Very Mayock. Concerning. It feels like it's I'll done, be, right? You can't yeah, end like, like it's this. over. Yeah, it feels like it's over. You can't. That's go where. Out that's where you are day. right. If he's if he's willing to offer eighty a hundred million dollars, and hell, the eighty hundred million dollars might not get you ten years this time, right? It might be six years. If you want, Jim Harbaugh might be okay. Six years, fourteen million dollars a year. Well, if if Harbaugh's in the playoff, let's say they whether they win a game or not, let's say Harbaugh were to get a new contract right now, what would that be? I mean, if Mel Tucker's getting ninety five million dollars, right? You're right. Harbaugh at minimum would be getting eight. 88? Oh, 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 yeah. I was thinking, like, if Mark Davis, the number would start, like, I don't know if you'd feel comfortable doing a, a 10-year deal anymore. Would you do six for 90? That's 15 well, yeah, a year? Yeah, I mean, what I'm saying is, what would what's the Michigan extension going to look like? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, the, you see the going rates. He's worth that. So he gets you the playoffs. He's you got to top that. Work. Yeah, I would say 12 times six would be the minimum. 12 times six would be 72. Unlike, now, you know, it's just part of it is, do I want to be back in the NFL? Like, you, there might be a number that's just kind of close and it's good enough. But, well, do you expect Harbaugh, if he doesn't come to the NFL, to get a contract, a new contract for Michigan after this season? Yeah. He's earned that. That's what happens, right? Yeah. Especially Mel Tucker after pick, one season. Gave yeah, money away. Sure. So, John, uh, before we go any further, let's tell the people about RexMD.com slash ham. Viagra should not cost $90. We don't think so. Neither does RexMD.com slash ham. Tell the people, guy. They have FDA-approved generic Viagra starting in just 2 bucks a tablet and delivered discreetly to your door. Here's how it works. You fill out a brief survey, and if appropriate, you can start a starter pack of generic Viagra. They're currently available to new customers. Over 100,000 men have gotten generic Viagra from the comfort of their home. There's no copay. There's no doctor office visits. Your shipping is always free. If you're looking for generic Viagra, RexMD has made the process fast, easy, affordable, unlike the Raiders' next coach. So don't wait another minute. RexMD is now offering those starter packs to new customers. Just go to RexMD.com slash ham. RexMD.com slash ham. It's a U.S. licensed pharmacy, professional medical support, 100% U.S. licensed medical providers. RexMD.com slash ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham been telling you about it for years been eating it for years on a regular basis easily find high quality meat and seafood you can trust 100 percent grass-fed beef 
free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good save there, brother. Good read, Milkoff. Good read by you. <laughs> Back in the radio days, only you would get credit for that one. No, you did. Uh, what was the one you had? Yeah, they gave me one. You had several. <laughs> for a little inside radio, the guy that reads it only gets the credit. Luckily, in this part, we're we're all in this together. Yeah, we're, we're happy to share. Radio is kind of a little. You know, some shady things going on. If you're not, if you're new to the business, you don't really know who's getting paid where. And then all of a sudden, you find out. You know, they're getting you know five to a thousand dollar little kickers going on. And you're like, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, supplemental. You don't shake. It's all supplemental. No, it wasn't a car in there. I mean, it was a lot of you know. I was just you had several extra reads. That was you know. I was there. Uh, well, Keisha, I was there first. I, you know, I'd been yeah, A's post game. Yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, Powell says if Seattle cleans house, you know the Raiders are going to give Pete Carroll a hundred million dollars. I don't, you know, seven years old. I don't think they're messing with him. But like we said, I mean, Seattle wins four straight games. They'll be in the playoffs. Watch them win a game. I wouldn't want to play Seattle. Would Pete's you, Russell Wilson? There, no. Not if they're playing like that. That they've. Won I'll tell you games. this: the N- the NFL right now would sign up over those other teams we listed. 
Would would the NFL rather have Seattle run it off or Philly Washington get that seven spot or Minnesota? I don't think they'd hate Philly. Uh, I bet both. I bet even Washington rates higher than you think they do. But yeah, Seattle. But they could just get Russell and Tom Brady round one. Absolutely just on, the, on the picture, right? No, Russell Aaron Rodgers the uh, part five, seven point I mean, it's it's a pretty easy one to sell because when you're the seven seed. You're playing the Packers or the Bucks, right? I mean, that's that's an easy sell. That that to me would have a night game written all over it, or Sunday yep. afternoon with Buck and Aikman. Or it'll be interesting to see who gets screwed with the Monday night game this year. Because I'll promise you this: whoever gets the Monday night spot, unless it's Belichick, he'll be mad, but he wouldn't say anything. It'll be hard for a coach not to talk a little shit leading into that game. Like this is ridiculous. This is crazy. yeah, Monday night feels to me like Tennessee Buffalo. See, I you think they're just going to do a throwaway, not like a primetime matchup there? You think Tennessee Buffalo is a throwaway? To me I it's mean a th- pretty good, but it's not, you know, Seahawks. You don't think Packers. they you don't think they would do that to like Rodgers or Brady or Mahomes? I don't think so. Cuz to me it's like you're going to rate it's Monday night. What's well, it's a it's a, it's a standalone basketball. Monday night <laughs> primetime game. But you also don't want to debut it and make it What's the worst matchup you could get here? Well, that game, then you're a lock. You know you're playing on Sunday afternoon, right? Whoever plays that game is not going to have to play yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. It's it's pretty ridiculous. What do you think it would be? You I think don't know. it would be I New mean, England? I, I think they're going to oh, Well, New England might like have to like buy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, my, my point is, if, if they did give Bill, he wouldn't make a big deal of it, even though internally he would be very angry. Is it, let's say Tampa... I don't think they do that to Tom. Would you they do, do get a like, home game? We're talking about teams that would get home games, so it's not as big a deal for the home team, though. Tampa, Washington, would they do that? Monday Night Football? It, it's really more of a big deal for the road team if that road team wins the game. That's really the only way you get screwed, right? Yeah. Because the, the home team wins. So let's say, let's say it's Tom. Let's say it's Tampa-Seattle. That was the Monday Night game. Well, if Tampa wins, and then they're playing the following week, I don't know. Let's just say they're playing the Rams and they're hosting the Rams. Is it that big a deal? I mean, the Rams just had to play the previous day. I mean, it's not. I mean, Seattle, that's cross country. Where would they be the next week? That would would they get Arizona, the one seed? They'd get Arizona the next week? Yeah. Or let's let's say they, yeah, or Green Bay. Like, let's say they had, then they had to do a crazy travel. Like, that that would be the way you would say it. Let's say Seattle played, let's say Seattle played uh, Lambeau week, you know, Monday night, upset the Packers. The following week, short week, they then they got to play Tampa. Like that'd be like Jesus Christ. This is asking these guys to do a lot. Yeah, but if the home team wins, I don't know if they have that much room to complain. Indy at Kansas City. I, that would be a lot of people watching. That'd be a good Monday night game. Yeah, it would be. I think it the Monday be. night game is going to work because <laughs> it's going to be your list. It's going to be hard to have a bad first round matchup. Because even when you look at the seven seed, like even if it's Philly, okay, Philly, Tampa. Now, the problem could be, does that team lose by 20? Like, is the seven seed not any good? But that, the seven seed wasn't any good last year, and they almost, the, the Washington-Tampa-Vegas. No, but, but, fo- but it turns out football team just matches up well against Tampa. Yeah, and it was a home game, right? Which was weird. Like, I was, was it muddy? Pretty, uh, no, I think Heineke was just making sweet plays. If I remember correctly, like watching today, Heineke was like, uh, I don't really see it with Heineke. I was pretty locked it's into that game. It's the not first there. Half. 
No, no, no. It's not there, John. That's why I said like three weeks ago. Like, it's not there. Like, we've overhyped it, I think. Well, this is the thing with the car. Like, if it if it, over the next couple of weeks it comes out, like, I am not extending car. Now, he won't publicly say that, but it, like, it starts kind of coming hot and heavy. There are going to be teams lined up to just go, God, can can we just get Derek with our infrastructure in our team, right? The football team would have to be near the top of the list, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, football team. We, we did the list on the show the other day. Football team, New Orleans to me. But, but I think it really high. starts coming in more to like as all of your game passes. Like, is Derek done? And I, and I know we can do this. It you know it's it's been going on for a while. It does feel like it's just it is time to just blow the bitch up. I agree. But then you just go, okay, cool. Let's blow it up. Where's our next quarterback coming from exactly? Start over with Bottom who? Out. With who? The, the Raiders feel a little like when the Kings. Yours? They're always trying to bottom out, but they never quite know how to do it. Because they're not trying to bottom out. Yeah, they're not trying to bottom out. They're trying to win, but then they never win, so it it's just never really works. Carolina, by the way. Oh, what a... Speaking of just, like, in the middle, in the morass of just nowhere land. Bench cam? Well, because, of course, I mean, whatever. Like, what are they... This is... They're going to get through two years, and it's like, what is Matt Rule exactly? Where are we in the development of this program? Well, wouldn't you say if you're, like, the Niners, just looking at the landscape of the NFC... You actually feel pretty good about big picture. Carolina has no way out of it in sight. They just there are no quarterbacks available. They're fucked. Uh, Minnesota, they're going to fire their head coach. Now they got some talent, but they don't really. You you beat them several times over the last couple of years. Like I said, the football team has no. They don't have a franchise quarterback. The Minnesota. Falcons, we'll see this week. I mean, they're just they're going nowhere fast. The Saints would be scary if they could pull off one of these deals, right? Get a Russ, get a car, but that's still a pretty we're asking for a pretty monumental NFL moment to happen for them, right? For them to get a quarterback, it would be an enormous day in the NFL in March, right? That'd be a huge story. So we're asking for something that like doesn't happen that often to ha- go their way. Seattle is probably the one shittier team this year that probably isn't as bad as they've been, right? Like, you played the Seattle season 10 times. More than likely, they're not 5-8. and eight. Yeah, I, I would say this, though. Um, this the Lions, is, I Giants, think it's a great Bears point. all suck. I think it's a great point. Now, Trey Lance, yes, he's unproven. Very unproven. Like, as unproven as it gets, for the most part. But he doesn't have to be anything other than a guy who you help if you can supplement – especially using some of Jimmy's money. We know you have good receivers. We know for the most part you can block well enough, particularly for a running, a mobile quarterback. You've got enough good players on defense. If you can just figure out, make your corners just passable so you don't have to score 30 points a game. Because to your point, look at the NFC and how many teams in the next three years. I think probably, the AFC is way better. It's just better. Just, think, just look at it this way. How many of the 16 teams in the NFC in the next one, two, three years – are doing some, are in the middle of, or about to have to reset everything, right? Well, Tom, I mean, what if Tom retires? I, I would say, Tom, what? If Tom retires? Well, I mean, he's 44. Okay, I mean, and like, there's like, there's like three teams, right? There's Green Bay, Is he going to play till he's 47? Tampa, there's Green Bay and Tampa, two teams, who's right now, their quarterbacks are old, but like, we can't predict their demise yet. So let's just put them aside on the, 
even though the, at some point they'll be resetting right I now. Would, I wouldn't throw Green Bay in that mix just because 37 is not that old. It's true, but I'm just, I'm not, I'm saying for the purpose of this exercise, let's not predict Tom Brady's demise. Arizona's good. Dallas is good. The Rams, I'll put them into their solid category with Stafford. Washington, nope, they need a quarterback. Minnesota, nope, reset coming. Philly, nope, still figuring it out. Atlanta, going to need a quarterback. New Orleans needs a quarterback. Carolina needs a quarterback. Chicago, I don't know. Giants, nope. Detroit, nope. Seattle feels closer to resetting it than not, but who knows? They always pull victory from the grips of, of death. But the point is, like, I think we just named nine of the 16 teams. Well, 16 minus nine is seven. That's how many playoff spots there are. Yeah, you're right. NFC is in a major state of transition right now. And simply having the guy that you think is the quarterback of the future is half the battle. Now, you got to make him that. But the Niners are ahead of some of those other teams that we just mentioned, a lot of them, just based on having the guy they think they believe in. We're recording this, but Fields does have two touchdowns in the first half. I don't, I don't know what they yeah, look like. Maybe he's a guy. Or maybe, or, or but, they but, they, but they're, they're going to reset the whole franchise. You, you're so, right. I mean, they, the Niners, they're and they're going to have a ton of money. So I think it's going to be less about like they're going to have to nail their first round picks because they don't have any. It's going to be they're going to have to really if they're going to spend fifteen twenty million dollars signing bonuses on a couple guys that are maybe some of those undervalued assets on teams that don't have the space. Hell, maybe make a trade for a guy like they're just gonna if they get it right they could be really really good because we already see how good they are talented their core is you just put their core guys non quarterback against all the other top teams they're right there right Bosa Trent Debo Kittle like that's Warner I, 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 I mean Al Shaiers becoming like a legitimate core starter Ayuk Ayuk like Fred I would Warner. say Juwan Jennings turned into like they're another ver- Kendrick Bourne all over again. Yeah, but to me, in, like, if you're worth your salt, you should always be able to find Juwan Jennings, Kendrick Bourne. I have faith in good. Yeah, teams. I'm just saying they you have to guy. find them like every three years. You don't have to find them every year because they're cheap. They're on your team for a couple years. Yeah, got them for a couple years, making seven hundred fifty, eight hundred grand. I'm with you. So they're going to have to find corners. <laughs> That's what. Yes. Yes. You know. I'll give the Eagles are a good example. A couple years ago, Howie got Slay for a third round pick, and he's been awesome for them. Wow. So, so can you do like? But if you make that move with a team that doesn't have many draft picks, you got to get it right. So if they're going to use a third round pick to get, you know, Byron Murphy, I'm just throwing out a name. I, obviously, the Cardinals wouldn't trade, but you know what I mean. You just better be right because mm-hmm. they've made a couple trades, and it's like you know if they could do the D Ford one over, they probably would. But I get why they did it, and it always feels good at the time. They're bold moves. You just got to be right on them because you got these other teams that are like you're just kind of uh, incremental moves. The other teams we listed, half of them in the NFC, have to find the fucking quarterback. You might too, but you can at least have a guy to work with. Like you already have the guy on your team. Yeah, Bears are twenty four fourteen. Don't sleep on Nagy. Time to demand that he get his flowers. <laughs> It's a flowers game. Flowers. Uh, the uh, Oregon Ducks have a football coach, John Dan Lanning. Give us your breakdown. Well, he's coaching Georgia, so he's going to get uh, head-to-head with uh, Harbaugh coming up here in the college football playoff, which is good for him. I mean, it's actually, you know, on one hand, you want your coach to come coach, but being in the playoff is not the worst thing in the world just for a little little attention, right? A little good, uh, a, a little good, a little good recruiting. I saw they had a couple corners 
one corner from Southern California that decommitted after Mario left, just posted photos of himself in Oregon uniform. So maybe he's recommitted. Uh, I think it's got to, what I like about it is this, even though I didn't know a lot about Dan Lanning, you sent me, actually, you were the one that broke the news to me when you read it on Twitter. Everyone's like, it's not going to be Dan Lanning. I was like, well, it turned out it's going to be Dan Lanning. No, I'd heard, I know there was the story that they'd offered the job to Wilcox. I've heard that they didn't at the time of that first article from the Atlanta journal constitution, they actually hadn't offered the job to Dan Lanning who cares, whatever they hired him. Um, what I like about it is I think what's important is you take what Mario Cristobal established and you do have to build on that. So it was about, you know, this sec level commitment to recruiting. Like, I think it's important to continue that and not to fall back off of the momentum that was created. Now, can this guy game manage? Can he hire an offensive coordinator? I have no earthly idea. No clue. But uh, I do like at least the idea of let's take this thing that Mario brought from the SEC with him and let's try and continue it because he gave Oregon an identity back. I, Oregon's had an identity before. Oregon's been great. They've been in national championships. But they've fallen off and they got an identity back. And maybe this guy can, you know, the kind of tough guy, big physical guy, let's punch people in the mouth guy thing. Maybe he can continue that. Um, I think it's a major risk given he's 35 years old. He's never been a head coach. And anything less than minimum 10 wins next year given their roster, people are going to be – I mean, it's he could get fired fast. You know, when you hired a guy from he the could South, yeah. you know, it's clearly a very risky move. But in fairness to them, I think they were getting turned down by a lot of people. I think the timing of it was weird. Uh, you know, Dave Aranda would not take their job. And which is mistake, which, by the way, which is not. Yeah, it's not. I mean, Baylor fine. pays, but I'm just saying, like, they wanted other guys that would not take the job. I, you know, they were. No, I'm just saying. No, my point was, is Dave Aranda the next great coach? I don't know. I'm a big fan, but but to think that you would have one good year guy in a, in a million one good, year, but he's been a defensive coordinator where he called the defense. I mean, I Dan understand. Lanning, he called the defense. Like Kirby Smart's a defensive coordinator. I get it. I understand. In no world would you want Dan Lanning. And listen, I'm not. Well, I don't know. Again, like I said, this happens all the time where Dave Aranda, maybe Dave Aranda's going to be great for the next 10 years, but it happens with, I've said it the other day with coordinators and happens with head coaches all the time where you, you can't miss. And then three years later, you're out of a job. So, you know, I, the idea that like Dave Aranda is the truth and there's no way this, you know, whatever. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the guy has experience being head coach. We've seen him win for sure. You know, for sure. But the idea that he, there's no way Dan Lanning can be better than Dave Aranda. I have no idea. 100%. 100%. But that, which I, is me, part of your point, which I do agree with, is we don't have it. This is, it's a major risk. It is a major risk. Well, yeah. and then if it goes, like he's going back to the SEC, you know, it's just that, that to me is, which I don't problem. care, but that doesn't bother me. If you mean if he has success. Yeah. So you, you swung for the fences for a guy that if it works out, will leave. And it, it and there's a large probability just based on not all these coaches this year are going to work. Right. <laughs> you know, right. It's, I'd rather hire a guy that if you think the if if the biggest problem is that he's so good that he leaves, that's better than the alternative. I agree. And I appreciate that they did not hire Chip because I think hiring this guy was the difficult move to make. Hiring Chip would have been the easy move to make because I think hiring Chip, you're probably in the playoff mix next year. But they liked recruiting. It's like you know, once a guy gets a good job, gets a little money, maybe lose a little weight, and he starts dating a little hotter girl than he's used to. It's like. The knock on Chip is he, not that he doesn't recruit. He hates recruiting. The, I would say the number one thing this guy brings, besides obviously he's a you know, high-level scheme guy being around Kirby for years, at that program you are recruiting your ass off. Yeah. And I think his energy – I heard uh, – did you listen to Tommy Reese with Rosillo? No. 
he was really good. And one thing he said that he's like, you know, we hire Marcus Freeman this year as the defensive coordinator. And he's like, one thing that happened right away is Marcus kind of brought a different level of recruiting to our staff. And I started thinking like, I can't let, I'm a Notre Dame guy. I've been here a while. Like I'm the offensive coordinator and I'm a Notre Dame. And this guy's out recruiting me. It's like, he kind of inspired me. And I think some of those guys, like you, you know, where guys like to go, if you don't like recruiting a a staff like chip, because you know who they, you know, guy that likes, doesn't like recruiting, want to be around Nick or Mario or Kirby, because they want to fucking recruit as much as they want to win the game. And that's the one thing this guy's going to bring. But like, He's never ran a pro. I just, and the, he's hiring a young offensive coordinator and you and I are younger guys. I'm rooting for younger guys. I just think it's difficult, man. And there's yeah. a shitload of, I, I, I text a buddy today in the sec or maybe yesterday. I, I would say Oregon is our LSU out here, right? USC is really the, the, you know, the Bama, the, the Ohio state's like our number one program, but Oregon's right there. And the money that flows in there and the expectations are really high. Three of their last four quarter or coaches guy have been in the national championship game. I guess two of their last three and Mario's, I guess three of their last four have won a Rose bowl. Two have been in national championship games and two of them, chip and Mario got, I mean, at the time chips money sounds weird now, like $50 million from the Eagles. It sounds like nothing, but I mean, got incredible jobs, right? Chip got hired by the Eagles and was turned down the bucks the year before. And Mario like if Mario, if if Mario, like LSU would have been interested, they didn't think he was interested. Like Mario was a hot candidate for people. Yeah, I don't know that he would have taken the LSU job though. I bet Flor. If he would have said, "Hey, Florida, I'm interested," they would have hired him, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I I think that's the, what I'm the, saying. Like the Chip pressure would have like, won LSU. next year. Yeah, it was the you, easy move. You know who had the number one offense in the Pac-12 last this last year? UCLA scoring. You know who was top ten in scoring in college football this year? UCLA. Like don't they, they scored a young a ton athletic. Of don't they have a young athletic quarterback coming up the pipe too? Who's that? Oregon. Oregon. Like Ty Thompson. Quarterback. Yeah, he's, we'll see. Young quarterbacks. He what I'm saying is he a, is is he a pocket guy or is he a move guy? No, he moves. That's what I'm saying. So he but he's a chip. thrower. I mean, yeah. Uh, the did you see the letter? Like four, Justin Herbert, Joey Harrington, Marcus Mariota, Achilles Smith. They wrote a letter to Rob Mullins. Like we've lost our identity. We need the the Ducks. This always happens with, you know, alums always See, want I, us guys. I, I, always. I'm on, I, I'm on the difference. I, I understand where they're coming from. I, I do. I, I totally understand where they're coming from, but alums always overcorrect for we need someone who understands us. Always. Well, did they have like, did they have a name they were pushing? Was there a specific guy that the alum? No, it's wanted? been suggested. The letter did not specify a name, but it's been suggested um, that they, on the unsaid name was Justin Wilcox, but he turned them down. We want somebody who will stay here forever, essentially. Or do you think that's why that even if he didn't turn them down, they wanted out there that he turned them down. So these guys lay off their back. That's what I feel. That's my theory that even if it's not true, that the Oregon ducks wanted out there because they're getting a lot of pushback. I would imagine like, yeah, you hired I, Dan Lanning. You saying so that these guys, so people know like, Hey, we tried to do what all our alums want because Dan Lanning is not the equivalent of like what Lincoln Riley was right before he got the job. He's not that famous. For, no, he, he doesn't transcend the nation. So it's like, coach. what? Because you, in, it's the LSU. They, they view their job as elite because in their minds it is, and it's fucking out here. It's it's an awesome job. I, I just, I, I get where they're coming from. But I'm with, the, I'm with you and like, I don't know exactly who they, like Wilcox wouldn't solve other problems. 
But I do understand, like, we, we the best we get was Dan Lanning if we're going to go with outsiders. Seems kind of crazy. It's a big swing. Because, you know, the thing with Oregon is, and this sometimes is overrated, but the fact that Oregon is a brand is a big part of that job. You are not just managing a football team. You're managing Nike and Phil Knight. You're managing an area where football is by far and away number one, and being the football coach is the number one show in town. And it's a national brand. And with Oregon's brand comes recruiting and swagger and all this other shit that is a personality type for a coach. Yeah. You know? Uh, six Letter says, need some ham Tito's collab merch. Actually, Friday night, I spilled some Tito's on my shirt. Is that a ham Tito's collab? <laughs> no? You want to watch the second half of this game? Yeah, let's go do it. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Have a great week. Uh, give us your shave it or save it um, oh, yeah. submissions. We have another one coming up on Tuesday. No room on a Sunday pod today for that one. But I know we do have another uh, shave it or save it. And, um, yeah, holler at us. Things happen. We'll be there. Thanks for hanging. Let's do it, people. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.